What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins, and with me tonight is... Nathan, and... <laughs> and I guess on the phone with us is... Matt. Thank you for being with us, Matt. This is a very odd episode, I guess <laughs> I should say. Um, April, my wife, was going to be with us tonight, which I was very <laughs> excited about because she hasn't been on an episode for... I don't know that I've ever done an episode with April. Yeah, it's been a long time, but... Right now, she's upstairs puking in a bowl. Okay, yeah. we pre-gamed. We did. <laughs> she pre-gamed a little too much. Kyle's not with us. He's doing plays in New York City. <laughs> Cousin Wayne sucking dick in an alley. <laughs> but we have you. Yeah. Me. Matt. So this should be <laughs> this should be interesting. We we have all of April's awards. Uh, texted to us, so I'll be reading them as we go. This should be very should be, interesting. This is one for the books. Right? Celebrating 50 years of cinema tonight. <laughs> All right, guys, quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude, which means we are uncensored, so please, please proceed with caution. And also, spoiler alert, we're going to spoil the movies we're talking about tonight, so if you don't want them ruined, uh, pause the episode and come back later. With that said, welcome to the Marathon Golden Idols. Nathan, we might have some new listeners tonight, all right? Sure. So what is the Golden Idols? The Golden Idols are basically AV's, uh, what would you say, Oscars? Yeah. Yeah. Perverted they're, Oscars? They, yeah. They're basically, um, I mean, they're just awards, right? <laughs> you know it's an award show. <laughs> it's an award show. I don't know what you want to say. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we award, uh, we like to recognize films based on achievement, you know, uh, cinematography, acting, all the standard categories, just, you know, put a little AV spin on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right on. And, uh, I'm a little buzzed tonight. Sure. I'm not, I'm not yeah. puking in a bowl, drunk like my, sure. my, like my missus. Sure. All right, but I'm feeling good, but, yeah. um, I can carry on. I can do, I can do the, I can do the cast. Sure. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, I, so, guys, 1969 is considered... Uh, the, the the year that changed cinema. So, what's your thoughts on that, Nathan? Let's start with you. I mean, I it's I think sixty nine is a year that changed the, the whole world, really. You know what I mean? We went to the moon. Fuck yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just but but in terms of right, like just film. Uh, I want to say it's the year that Judy Garland died. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's you know, kind of an end of an era. Nice. Uh, I think it was Elvis's last film. Uh, the year before that, I want to say, was they did away with the code, uh, you know, the, the code of ethics or whatever with film. Uh, can't remember exactly what's called off the top of my head. So then it's like 1969, you start having more experimental films. Yeah. You start having films about gay cowboys and, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, films without screenplays. And it's like, it's very, you know, sort of getting into this new, new territory. <laughs> right. I think every generation, right, has its pioneers. Yeah. You know, but yeah, man, 1969 definitely changed the landscape for for its time you know yeah. can you imagine as a moviegoer in 1969 you know you're you're used to seeing john wayne and yeah. jimmy stewart movies right um john ford and howard hawks and uh you get a movie ticket all right <laughs> see midnight cowboy and all of a sudden you're watching ultraviolet westerns yeah. all right you're watching movies about about fucking cowboys getting their dick sucked by gay dudes in the theater right yeah. And then hippies on motorcycles. I mean, fuck, doing LSD and yeah. fucking cocaine and fucking 150 joints <laughs> around a campfire. Fuck, I bet people did not know what to expect. 
1969. There's a Bond film. It's not Sean Connery. (laughs) It's not (laughs) Sean Connery. It's like, what the fuck's going on, you know? So, yeah, I think definitely, no matter what your opinion opinion is on these films, 1969 really did change the landscape of Mm. cinema. Matt, what do you think? Well, so you're definitely getting more mature films then, because even as recently at that time period, as like two or three years ago, you're still getting big budget uh, movie musicals from 20th Century Fox, like Dr. Doolittle and Sound of Music. Uh, Mm -hmm. So now you're definitely getting more mature films. Um, this is definitely the start of independent film, uh, at least in the United States. Um, America, uh, like Europe and the rest of the world had do, been doing these types of films for quite a while before this. But yeah, the United States at this time period was really first getting into it. So it was quite a bit of a shift. And definitely the, the following decade, uh, movies uh, weren't the same. Like They just like plowed ahead and didn't really seem to look back at the more you know traditional studio movies. Yeah, I looked ahead at 1970, and 1970 has its classics, but nothing that changed the landscape like Easy Rider and Midnight Cowboy, you know? Um, So last year, we put Night of the Living Dead against Rosemary's Baby, you know? Both of those movies turned 50 last year, uh, which Night of the Living Dead went on to make Pantheon, you know? Nate, you were a part of that episode, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been a minute, but yeah, yeah Night of Living Dead versus Rosemary's Baby, which is a great episode. Go check it out. Um, April and I, who's drunk upstairs, puking in a, <laughs> in bucket. a bucket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, we need to put emphasis on that. Um, we went to Pittsburgh last year, man. <laughs> That's right. One of the defining moments of last year for me was we went to go see Night of Living Dead on the big screen. That's cool. In the theater that it premiered in <laughs> 50 years ago, right. you know? That was a, a highlight for me, black and white, fucking as crisp as crisp can be, yeah. you know? It was fucking amazing. Um, anyway, this episode tonight originally started as a spiritual sequel to that episode. We were going to do Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid versus the Wild Bunch, which mm-hmm. would have been a great versus, yeah. I think, especially with, you know, you're talking about Outlaws and the End of the Wild West and a big, you know, final shootout. I think it would have been this year's... Night Living Dead versus Rosemary's sure. Baby. Uh, but this year, I, decide, I decided to do our first 50-year marathon, So, which I think will continue next year. You know, depends. We should. You, yeah, do you I say, like this. That, so, yeah. Do you think so? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, next year, maybe we'll pick five or six movies, um, which I kind of, like, looked forward a little bit. 1970 had a lot of war movies. Okay. All right? Match. Well, with that time. Yeah, yeah. right? But nothing genre changing or cinema changing it seems like this was the year that kind of changed cinema and then everybody went back to kind of being a little safer right i can see that yeah right because we have um the 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 i didn't know what to do yeah they're like fuck dude cowboys getting their dick sucked in the theater we need to make a (laughs) fucking mash movie well i know i know george lazenby i think talked about during with the making of james bond he was like he's like yeah we had fun but the, the atmosphere on set was very much like this is probably the last James Bond film. Like people, the people are watching Easy Rider and shit now. They don't want to watch James right? Bond. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think people. I don't think people knew what to do. Yeah, you know, fuck. I, I looked forward a little bit, and it looks like the top movies for 1970, going by you know Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, um, Mash the movie. Okay. Patton, um, Little Big Man, another Dustin Hoffman movie, uh, Cats 22, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, 
and the red circle are like okay. kind of the big tops. So hmm. that seems that sounds like an interesting marathon. Yeah. Um, or maybe we'll just talk about you know the top three or four war movies from okay. 1970, depending on what you guys want to do. Yeah, but I, I really like this year where we like you know we took you know six movies from '69. Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. Well. Not entirely, <laughs> but it was really yeah. cool to educate myself on 1960. Well, that's why I want to keep doing it. That's okay. why, and that's why I would like yeah. to do more than just two films because I don't think I've seen half those films that you just mentioned from 1970. And it would be a good chance for me to, for me to do that. That's the point of the of the podcast, really. You know, yeah, I mean, to right? go expand things. You know, not my favorite marathon, sure, by any means. But I'm glad that now I'm educated on 69. Does sure. that make sense? Yeah. So, Matt, are you glad I, I decided to, t- to change this into a marathon instead of a Butch Cassidy versus the Wild Bunch? No, I'm totally good with that. Because I think, I mean, on my end, I don't, without spoiling too much, I think it would have been a blowout on my end um, for one of the films. So, yeah, this definitely opens it up to, um, to, my, to in my opinion, some more, very, uh, more interesting films. Right on. And something else that influenced this marathon uh, was Quentin Tarantino. Right. Which is cool, right. like, that the first year that we did a a, a, uh, a certain year marathon, uh, Tarantino released Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was set in 1969 Hollywood. Well, that was the other thing I was going to say. The Tate Murders, obviously, 1969. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And so it was cool to watch the movies that probably inspired this, you know, uh, sure. 1969 Hollywood, right? Tarantino probably watched all these movies when he was kind of like researching to make, you know, uh, fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, uh, don't you agree with that? He, yeah, he watched all these movies, right? Sure. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially the more exploitation heavy movies like uh, Easy Rider and maybe to some extent Midnight Cowboy. Um, yeah, definitely. And uh, speaking of tonight's movies, Nate, what did we watch and how do these movies stack up against each other? All right, so all these films are 1969, obviously. We've got Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, that's our 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, IMDb, 8.0. Uh, Midnight Cowboy, which I believe won Best Picture yeah. that year. Yeah, Best Picture that year. Yep. Uh, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb, 7.8. Uh, Easy Rider, 88% Rotten Tomatoes. 7.3 on IMDb. Uh, Wild Bunch. 93% Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb 7.9. Then it's The Italian Job, uh, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb 7.3. And finally, uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, Rotten Tomatoes score 81% and IMDb 6.7. So if we're looking at the range, right, uh, our bottom for Rotten Tomatoes would be On Her Majesty's Secret Service yep. uh, at 81%. And the top would be Wild Bunch, 93%. If we're going by IMDb, the bottom is still on Her Majesty's Secret Service, 6.7. The high is Butch Cassidy, 8.0. Okay. And Kyle Brown usually does the breakdown here. Right. We're missing Kyle Brown tonight. He's one of the marathon men, but he's out doing... He's Tonight's his sex change, right? No. I believe like, it is. Yeah. Is, it, is it the sex change? I believe it is. Yeah. I, I couldn't yeah. remember. But anyway, we're missing him, so we hope he gets better. And... Uh, and we'll move forward sure. after that. So, <laughs> anyway, so any comments on this lineup? Anything you would have added, Nate? I would have added True Grit. Yes, I would. <laughs> I would have added True Grit. So, uh, and if, I agree with that to a certain extent. I would have. I would have. Uh, it was eighty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so which would be one point higher than our average. Yep. 
and it's uh, 7.4 on IMDb, which would be one point lower than our average. So I think it fits right in there. So April actually told me on the way to the dive where she got completely shit face. Yeah, she's puking in a bucket right <laughs> she's now. She's puking in a bucket. She told me, she's like, Brad. <laughs> she was, no, she really wanted True Grit in there. And, yeah. um, you know, I like True Grit. I really do. Yeah. I, so the only reason I took it out was because it's a Golden Idol winner, and we've talked about it previously, which... But it's been years. It's been, it's years. been years. Okay. Um, so it might have been a, you know, thinking about it now, I probably would have put it in there. It, it definitely qualifies. Mm-hmm. It's a Rotten Tomatoes. It's been long enough since we've talked about it last year. Um, I think it could have done some damage, definitely, in, in this marathon. Um, that's one that I just cut for whatever reason. Okay. I think you had asked on, on Facebook as well, like, is there what movies would, would you guys like to see? Yeah. And it was like, true grit, true grit, true yeah. grit, true yeah. grit. I under, so I understand <laughs> the criticism. Not a blind eye to that. And um, I could have cut on Her Majesty's Secret Service because... It's. I think it's the lowest rated, right? It's is the lowest. That, on it's, it's, it's the lowest. I'm but, so glad you didn't know. Yeah, but <laughs> because I love this movie. Yeah, but I've, I've, I've always wanted to see it. It's a. It's a movie that I've had in the collection. It's a movie I've had since we did our. Uh, we, we've done our Bond marathon. Right. And it's a movie that I've been asleep on. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put it in this. It was a selfish pick. Okay. I was like, I want to see this. Motherfuckers are going in. Okay. <laughs> um. So that that's why that's in. And another one that. Uh, so we went to the dive tonight. We had some drinks. We had. Uh, uh, some great friends over um, Doug and Gary. Doug and okay? Gary. And Doug told me he was like, "Man, you know, 1969. I, w- I really wish you would have put a medium cool in there, right? With uh, Robert Forrester." Okay. And I was oh. like, "Oh, I was so thinking about it. I thought about putting it in there because that's a movie that I've always thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't make the cut, you know, okay. for whatever reason. Yeah, it yeah. could have though. It, it it qualified. All right. That's a movie I want to see, and I wish it was in here." Mm. But it probably would have cut out on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, you know. So is there so any other movies besides True Grit? Was that was that that's the only one that really okay. jumps out at me, man. Matt, was there any movies that you you wanted to see in 1969 marathon? Uh, I can't think of any. I mean, in hindsight, <laughs> if you would have cut on Her Majesty's Secret Service, that might have been fine with me because I had to end up buying it digital. Um, <laughs> so I don't total loss because I mean there are some redeeming factors to the film. So, but. uh yeah, I was a bit disappointed by that. So I, um, just interesting side note here, you know, I, I rented most of these movies um, on demand, and there was uh, this one here on on Her Majesty's Secret Service. I had to pay like fourteen ninety nine for. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And so I was like, you know, fuck it, I'm just gonna buy it, you know. And it's through my father in law's account, you know, for whatever reason. <laughs> so he's like. You got you paid me back for this, you know. I'm like, no, man, you know, fuck it, no problem, dude. I got you on this, you know. And so we watched it, you know. And uh, today, I, I completely forgot about it because we watched like you know a week ago, right? Yeah. And so today he's eating fucking you know pork chops and greens. yeah, yeah. He's at the kitchen table. He's like, you know that fourteen ninety nine you owe me, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Jim. I I completely forgot. But yeah, no, I got you, man. He goes, just you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, that Rise of Skywalker movie that's coming out? You buy my movie ticket for that and we'll call it square. <laughs> so I was like, it's a deal, Jimbo. It's a deal. <laughs> All right, guys. And so anyway, um, any other comments before we start tonight? Matt? No, I'm no, I, I'm looking forward to this conversation because, uh, yeah, these are very interesting films. I have no idea what's going to be on top tonight, man. I'm, I know. I was going to say, because yeah. so I have an email 
or I have a message from April with all of her awards. Okay. And I can tell you they're completely different from my awards. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know how this is going to end up. And uh, April's my wife, and we disagree quite a bit. <laughs> we watched two out of the six films together. Two and a half. Okay. Yeah, so I'm sure she's going to shit all over Her Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> all right? <laughs> but, um, no, I, I had... I had I had fun with this marathon, but it took me a while to get invested. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll give you the exact, yeah. I messaged you, right? The order The order that I watched, I wish that I would have watched it in a different order, because mm. the beginning was a fucking slog. And it then was. The, it finished strong, though. Yeah. And sometimes that's how it plays out, right? I text I text um, uh, Nathan. I go, you know, hey, because I know you, you usually watch these movies kind of like... I shot them. Real close, right? Yeah. You shotgun them, right? Yeah. I'm the kind of guy that watches them like two weeks in advance. I know you stress me out about it. Because yeah, and I'm you're like, like, you're like, you're gonna want to get these in. I was like, like, I always get them in. I go, Nate. I go, you want to watch these? You want to start watching them now? Because I know you shotgun them. And yeah. I go, you don't, you don't want to shotgun these because you're not gonna give a fuck yeah. <laughs> if you shotgun these, right? All right. And uh, so my, I, I think my last comment before we get into this would be that um, April's puking in a bucket right now. <laughs> Upstairs, and she could not do with us. Yeah. So. Rip. Yeah, rip. <laughs> All right, so, um, Nate, so so what's the order we're going to do here? We're going to do you, Matt. Matt, then back then, to me for April. I'll, I'll read off April's You're going to do her drunk list. Yes. Okay. And then I'll, I'll go to you. Okay. All right. So, best location Nathan goes to. All right, so... There are great locations in this. For a long time, for a long time, I was going to say uh, Midnight Cowboy, just New York City. Because I because I I really like the depiction of New York City as this this place that it just feels so um, negative. You know what I mean? You always think of New York City as this big, you know, happen in place of, but you don't you don't see the people in the in the streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, loved that. Um, and then I'm um, uh, Italian job. Great, great locations. Beautifully, beautifully shot film. Uh, but you got to wake up pretty fucking early in the morning to beat James Bond for locations. I don't give a fuck what movie it is. <laughs> uh, Piz Gloria, right? Uh, uh, Stavros uh, or uh, Blofeld's uh, secret base, right? It's a it's a rotating restaurant up in the Alps. Uh, Actually, they turned into like a biological warfare research center. Uh, I have a nickname for that place, by the way. Okay, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, it's 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 one of my bucket list locations. Uh, like I want I want to just I want to if I'm gonna go to Europe, I want to go to Piz Gloria. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. have a whole James Bond's uh, museum kind of in, the, the, in dude, the basement, yeah, memorabilia and things like that. That's awesome. Uh, I it's such a cozy looking place. Like I just want to be there. Yeah, you know. And do in research, this is Christopher Nolan's all right fucking favorite Bond movie. Is it really? Yeah. Do you uh, you ever watch Inception? Uh-huh. Yeah, you know the whole uh, ski sequence where they're skiing away from like this fucking palace okay. in the fucking hills. It was influenced by On okay. Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's cool. Yeah, fuck right it, on, man. Yeah. All right, so Matt, where are you going, dude? I actually am going with Midnight Cowboy, Manhattan, New York City. That's good. I felt that as very much a character in its own right. Um, half of it is uh, glitzy, the tall buildings, the flashing signs, the crowded streets. And then half of it's grungy, uh, like the club that they're in during the hippie party and some of the rundown apartments and the alleyways and the subway. So I just really felt it was reflective of 
not only New York City in that time period, but also it had a strong connection to Joe Buck as a character, which I thought was really cool. So it tied in that way. So that's why it's getting my best location. So if I can comment on that real quick, because you guys both mentioned it, um, it was a runner-up for me. I didn't go there, but uh, only because... I, so I love the location. It's a gritty side of New York. Yeah. But I've, I think I've, I feel like I've given New York like best location like three times. I gave it like Harry Met Sally yeah. and a few other ones. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to give New York best location this time. It kind of felt cheap to me. But it is, I felt like New York was shot really well in, yeah. uh, in Midnight Cowboy. All right. So what's, so what's April? Oh, I'm sorry. So, uh... is, she, is she drunk? April, I believe she's upstairs puking in a bucket. Uh, so she has best film location, Wild Bunch, uh, the Mexican and Texas countryside. Okay. Uh, there are some notes. says a cacti, train station, bridges. It's isolated. That's all I got from the notes. Do you have any comments on that, you think? Um, I've, I like westerns, okay? Yeah. Um, I do like the location, but, I, but if I look at other westerns, yeah. John Ford... Western locations, I like them a lot more. The more iconic, yeah, I think more so memorable. Too. If I, I when you think of a, a a countryside, I felt like the uh, the countryside in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid was the same countryside in fucking Wild Bunch. Yeah, you know, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going with the Swiss Alps in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Man, uh, we get the evil yeah. layer in the mountains. Uh, we get the small town, which reminds me of something you would see on a Christmas card, right? Um, <laughs> it's they, they really utilize the setting. I think it's the perfect location for an action movie, man. It like, actually is, yeah. Dude, the Avalanches. Last, oh my god, the, the last have you have you timed it? I think the last thirty five minutes, all right, is nothing but action. Oh, I bet it is. Dude, nothing yeah, but yeah, action. Yeah. We 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 escape what I call Pussy Palace. <laughs> we get a ski chase through the mountains. We we get a car chase on the racetrack. The stock car yeah. racetrack, which I think was fucking awesome. A bobsled chase, which mm. whatever, I'll take. <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. An avalanche, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we get the the, uh, the final assault mm-hmm. on Pussy Palace. Yeah. <laughs> All right? I think it's just a fun location for an action movie, man. If I was given a chance to make a Bond movie, all right, I swear to God. All right. One of my set pieces would be in the Swiss Alps. Yeah. It's just fucking fun. Anyway, so I'm going on her uh, Majesty's Secret Service. Um, that takes us to our next category, which is best character, Nate. Dude, I have the biggest heart on for like... I can see. For, uh, I, well, okay. So <laughs> for uh, supporting characters that are complete badasses. Okay. Like I'm just that kind of character. Just like uh, your Doc Holliday's, your Han mm. Solo's, you know, like just like fucking badass fucking supporting character and in that vein right it's Harry Alonzo Longabaugh the Sundance Kid that motherfucker is just like anytime he's on screen I just want him to be a badass Uh, I love that opening scene where they're like hey hey, kid how fast are you shoots the fucking gun off his hip shoots it across the floor like fuck yes (laughs) dude is so cool yeah yeah alright Matt where you going uh, my best character, I'm sticking with Midnight Cowboy, and I'm going Joe Buck. I Ooh. especially like the contrast between his projected stud persona and then what we see later through flashbacks, um, his trauma due to 
getting getting gang raped and his resultant problems with intimacy and sex. Um, despite his hardships, he persists in making in the big city. And yeah, it's just that interesting dichotomy between who he thinks he is and who he really is and um, how he deals with that. Um, how he chooses to deal with that, not only just by being a hustler and uh, maybe just a sort of some sort of therapy for himself. I don't quite know why he decided to do that when he has, you know, when he's suffering from this trauma due to gang, to a gang rape. But uh, and then yeah, his relationship with um, his relationship with Ratso Rizzo and how that kind of uh, acts as a little bit of a balm on that. Uh, you know, he's finally found a friend, and that um, he's not. It's he so he becomes somewhere in between um, being traumatized and being like super macho. He's like more himself. So he's yeah, just a really multifaceted character. So that's why I'm giving my uh, giving him my golden idol. You know what? I uh, I really like Midnight Cowboys, the movie that I think uh, out of these six movies will completely grow on me. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I love the idea. It cracks me up. It makes me smile. This idea, of this fucking Texas dishwasher. That's like I'm gonna move to New York. And and get so much I'm pussy. Get so much pussy. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. So, what does April think about this? Which she's upstairs. I believe she's puking in a pie. <laughs> uh, best character. She has Robert Ryan as Deke Thornton in the Wild Bunch. All right, I like it. Uh, he, now, okay. uh, a lot of names. There are a lot of characters. Deke Thornton, as I recall, is the is the like the head the head of the bounty hunters. Uh, so used, remember, yeah. used to be a wild bunch guy. Uh, one, so one of the other, yeah, yeah, one of the leaders. Right, he's the leader of the. Yeah, I believe yeah. the the bounty. They're one of the same s- to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's searching for okay. that? Which I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote that he is a uh, quiet, uh, or he has a quiet desperation, trying to do the right thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm tying this category, but so hold up, guys. Hold uh, up. So I'm tying the same movie, so it's only worth one point. Doesn't oh, okay. go against my ties. All right. Um, but I'm going with the Wild Bunch, and okay. I'm going with uh, Pike Bishop and Deke Thornton, oh, okay. uh, played by Willem Holden and uh, Robert Ryan. Uh, both great actors, and the characters are pretty much one of the same uh, for me. And that's so that's why I tied okay. them. It's like right now, we, it's like which one's which, you know? Yeah, which one's yeah. the leader of, uh, of you know what you know what group? Uh, but they're both good old boys. They're both survivors. They're former partners. Um, they're both leaders. Uh, but now they're on opposite sides of the law. And, uh, you know, they know each other's every move, mm. which, you know, makes for a fun cat and mouse. And they're not on screen together much. I think they have one flashback scene together, I think. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're my favorite characters. And they both have this weathered look to mm. them that they look like they lived in the wild, <laughs> wild west. Yeah. Like, if, if I'm making, like, dude, Nate, you and I love westerns. Yeah. If I'm making a cowboy movie tomorrow, I'm not going for the, uh, I like Chris Pratt. I'm not going for the Chris Pratt right. and the Chris Evans. I'm going for for my leads. I'm looking for someone that looks weathered, right? Yeah. That looks like they've lived under the sun you gotta get like a of the wild west, right? Like a, yeah. And <laughs> these guys look the fucking part. I'm like... God damn! I don't want a William Holden, right? Yeah. I want a fucking Ryan for this dude. They look, they look like fucking cowboys, man. And uh, just a side note: this is, you know, you know, whatever. But uh, Mel Gibson is in talks to direct the remake of the fucking Wild Bunch. Okay. Yeah. I want to fucking cast that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah, Mel cool. Gibson as one of the leaders? Yeah. Oh yeah! Holy fuck! Say what you want about Mel Gibson. Yeah. The dude has an eye for violence, and I think he's a great fucking director. Yeah. And I think he can make a fucking 
goddamn top ten fucking. I, John, I agree. Yeah. Holy shit! Holy shit! <laughs> anyway, that takes us to our next category, which is the best green duo, Nate. Uh, it's Butch and Sundance, man. I mean, the whole movie's named That's after him, right? I mean, uh, no, I think there's a great duo in Midnight yeah. Cowboy, man. Um, that is good. Uh, I can't think of many other great duos. I mean, mm. there there are some pairings, but another. I think the great duos are Midnight Cowboy and then Butch and Sundance, yeah. right? Um, and of the, of the two, I'd go. I personally, I'd go. I go Butch and Sundance. I think the the relationship between Ratso and uh, in Midnight Cowboy. It's great. It's, yeah. a, it's a great yeah. relationship. I think there's a lot of nuance, and it's a very yeah. mature relationship. And I think that's cool to unpack. But if you're being serious, but if I'm but if I'm being serious, Butch and Sundance. Yeah. yeah. Matt, where are you going? I'm also going with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance yeah, Kid from the movie of the same name. Uh, they just <laughs> seem like a really good um, pairing because they're contrasts of each other. Um, right. Butch Cassidy is this loud, excited, uh, very verbal, and um, high energy character whereas the Sundance Kid most of the time he's quiet subdued doesn't talk a whole lot um has a very quiet intensity about him and uh, aside from that just the way they interact with each other you can tell they've been friends with a long, for a very long time it's basically like they're an old married couple <laughs> they bicker but they have their, they have each other's backs when they need to um, I really also can't separate them. They like they work so well together. It's hard to imagine them ever being able to work alone. And uh, yeah, they're just a fun duo as well. Fun to watch watch on screen. And yeah, it's just uh, that's why they get my best duo. You know, one one of my favorite scenes in that movie is such a small scene. It it's where I think Sundance comes out. He's like, you know, he's like. What are you doing with my woman? Yeah, yeah. You know, because oh, yeah, he, yeah. he took on a fucking bike bicycle like ride. A romantic bike ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A romantic bicycle ride, and he goes, I'm stealing her. You know? <laughs> but you look at Sundance. Sundance don't give a fuck. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, like he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't give a fuck. He knows I think yeah, he knows yeah. that Butch, they're such good friends. Yeah. He's not gonna yeah. he's not gonna dick his old lady right. on the fucking bike. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. No, that's that's such a great scene for me. Anyway. So, uh, what's April have to say? Butch, Butch is on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I am going Butch and Sundance. There it is. Right. Clean sweep. Yeah, it's clean sweep, man. Just incredible All chemistry right. between Paul Newman and Robert Redford. And, uh, like, here's my hot, hot take, right? I like this movie. I don't love it. All right? Okay. And that's... Yeah. Uh, I, I feel that that's way. Fair. I feel that way with most of the movies in this marathon. And uh, but I would I would watch this movie any day of the week because of these two actors. Yeah, you know if you came over to my house, you're like let's watch Butch and Sundance, right? I have some beers. Yeah, I have some Jim Beam and Coke to be specific, specific <laughs> right? I'm like let's party. All right, sure. I, I would watch this shit, man. It's I think it's uh they they goddamn they light up the screen. They're, yeah, I think it's an essential buddy. It's an essential yeah. buddy movie. If Absolutely. we're doing a buddy marathon. You know, you uh, have to t- take Butch and Sundance, <laughs> and you have to put them in the marathon. That's it's what it is. Everyone needs to see these guys on screen together, whether, whether it's this or um, either this or The Sting, right? Right. Paul Newman and fucking Robert Redford are dynamite, dude. <laughs> so that's where I'm going. All right. Uh, Runner-up, though, I have to go Joe Buck and, and Ratso Rizzo from yeah. The Night Cowboy. Yeah, just a really interesting uh, characters. And... This, I thought about this for a long time. I'm going to give this so much praise later, but James Bond and Tracy Bond. Yeah. Is yeah. fucking dynamite in my book. I agree. All right, yeah. so that's where I'm going. Um, best villain. Where are we going, Nate? 
so hard to be Blofeld, <laughs> right? I mean, we're talking we're talking villains. I think you I and mean, I are gonna so be there's, tonight. <laughs> listen, there's there's villains. I'm I'm a big fan of just like I love the idea of LaFours, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know what? Like I love I love just I, I don't because I don't know that I've seen Butch and Cat Butch and Sundance for years and years yeah, and years. Yeah. I don't know that I really even put it put it together that like LaFours is the cop from like Mallrats. Hmm. You know where he's yeah, like, yeah. he's got he's got the yeah. white straw hat and he's yeah. like the toughest hmm. fucking cop. Interesting. It's I mean so like I wanted more from that. I though. want fucking Lafort. Like I love the idea of them being chased by this fucking just yeah. super cops. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, those guys are fucking great. There's you know there's some cool villains. Uh, Ernst Stavro Blofeld's in a whole different fucking category. He's yeah. like Bond's arch nemesis. Uh, he's got a fucking cool secret lair. But done right. He's yeah. He's got a cool secret lair where they're like working on allergies, but they're really like he's like uh, conditioning and like mind controlling these like he's making like sleeper agents out of these beautiful girls. He's like <laughs> angels of death and like sending them back out across the world to like make everyone every make all the plant it's life. A, it's and the worst, infertile. most beautiful plot ever. <laughs> oh, it's just fucking yeah! It's just so super villain. Like yeah. it's fucking so super villain. I love it. <laughs> Blowbells, yeah, best into fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where are you going, Matt? I mean, I almost went Blofeld, but I just didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of um, Telly Savalas' performance as Blofeld. Is that kind of dragged it down? So I, w- I had a tough time to this, this category because I wasn't a big fan of the villain. So I went with the villain that stuck with my head, and that is General Mapache from the Wild Bunch. Mm. Uh, he goes around villages stealing women and resources, and you like he's shameless about it. Um, even Pike's men are wary of a double cross from him just because he's such like a slimy bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he, once he gets his hands on Angel, he tortures them by dragging him behind a jeep. And it's not just for a little while either. It's like at least a few trips around the entire town. And then when he says he's going to give up, give him up to the Wild Bunch, he ends up just slicing his throat, which is especially cruel because I think Angel was going to die anyways. Um, he gets the performance by Emilio Fernandez. He comes across as vile, conniving, this like creepy, slimy grin, this like evil, cackling laugh. He's just so gleeful and is evil, is and cocky, overconfident. It just yeah, it stuck in my mind more than any of the other guys. So I had to give him the Golden Idol. Nice. So what did April have to say? So this might be a little bit controversial. Uh, April said that the best villain or antagonist was the Sundance Kid. So okay. I maybe we're saying that because he's an outlaw, he's an antagonist. He's, he's an antagonist, or maybe you're saying that like he's the one who's always fucking up their plans, maybe, or like... I'm not really sure. I can't ask her, Very but she's upstairs female. puking in the in a, toilet. In a, yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's, so, she's that's drunk. what I got. Yes. All right, so for my point, I'm going with uh, Blowfield in Honor Her Majesty's Secret Service. Man, I love this guy's super cheesy plan to just kill millions of people. Um, he's going to... Uh, so, I think he's going to fuck up, like, the world's food supply with super hot chicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like fucking supermodels, right? Is yeah. that is that it? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. Well, they he is not curing them of their allergies. He is like. Do you think he fucked them? I don't know that he's that much of a slime bowl. <laughs> I do. So anyway, they're hot. <laughs> they're fucking hot. They're hot. <laughs> I think that's a perfect little plot, dude. I think April told me, and I think this. I don't is think great. that Blofeld's a rapist. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that he's. Like, <laughs> that would really seem in, like the fucking like he's the fucking villain, mm-hmm. right? But April told me, so we watched half of this up to Pussy Palace. 
And if you, if you've watched this, you understand the uh, that uh, Pussy Palace, right? <laughs> but she told me she goes. She goes, that, this should be, this feels like an Austin Powers movie. All right. So April has not seen a lot of fucking, you know, James Bond movies. Okay. I was like, dude, any 70s James Bond movie right. feels like an Austin Powers movie. I mean, he, the first time he walks up into the Pussy Palace itself, he has like the blue, <laughs> like the blue, like, oh like suit with the, with the fluffy fucking, or the, the you know. Oh, he looks so uh, funny. He looks dude, just like Austin Yeah, Powers. he looks I mean, like it, right? You know. yeah, but I was like, dude, I was like, honey, you, it's like, babe. Honey, <laughs> you, you can't you can't beat this movie up, you know, like like you are because, dude, have you fucking watched the Roger Moore's? All right, oh, the yeah. Roger Moore's are you know fucking Austin Powers. Okay, right. I'm like so she's like this movie sucks. This movie's like reminds me of Austin Powers. Like any movie in the seventies, like early eighties, reminds you of Austin Powers. But this movie well, is sh- also a parody it, of yeah, James yeah. Bond, so it should remind it, you of that. It, like. Yeah, right. But this movie, especially, I want to be the next James, like Austin Powers movie, right? Yeah. Where like Austin Powers goes to fucking Pussy Palace, right? <laughs> Fucks everybody and, and gets the cure to whatever, right? But I think the cast. So here's here's so here's where I'm going. I think the casting or the uh, the the character of Blowfield is something the Bond movies have struggled with, right? Like uh-huh. Donald Pleasance. I love Donald Pleasance in Halloween, right? Okay. All right, Donald Pleasance in Halloween, like rocks my shit okay, okay. Um, and Donald Plus is a great actor but he's he's played Blofeld before in, in the Bond movies not my thing okay he just comes off fucking super cheesy you know? yeah um, Christoph Waltz never worked for me no. no matter how right that casting sounds yeah Christoph it sounds Waltz, wonderful it sounds great yeah. didn't work for me and then there's been a, a few other actors that have played you know Blofeld and they didn't leave an impression but Telly Savalas I like him. Is my fucking Blowfield. Yeah. Out of, what, fucking 50 years of James Bond mm. movies, Telly Savalas is my Blowfield, man. And it's, I'm probably with you. Yeah, I yeah. think it's unfortunate that this was the only time he's ever played the character, so I'm going with Her Majesty's Secret Service, which takes us to Best Hero Protagonist. So, not not a hero so much, really, as a, as just a protagonist, right? Uh, Charlie Croker from The Italian Job, man. Um <clears throat> Charlie Croker is just the calmest, coolest guy, no matter what happens. It doesn't matter if there's, like, he always has a plan. Maybe, maybe that's even the last line of the film, right? It's like, hang on, hang on a minute, Lance, I've got a great idea, <laughs> you know? Uh, no matter what happens, it doesn't matter if his, if his team is like, bitch, no, you, you want me to, to sit in the back with my allergies? He just, like, looks at him, like, listen, one more fucking word out of you. <laughs> You know, um, I believe that he is in control. He's the one that's uh, that's calling the shots. Uh, he's intelligent. He's uh, sophisticated. He's charming. I think he. I think he is a, a great main character. I I, can't, I I really really like him. That's he's one of the standouts of this whole marathon for me. Uh, what do you got, Matt? So I win with James Bond from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, I think he goes in above and beyond, like, throughout the entire movie. His commitment to his impersonation of Sir Hilary Bray by dressing the part and also appearing to be an expert on genealogy until he slips up at the end. He does a really good job with that. The expert use of his, cra- of his safe-cracking gadget and the improvised gadget that he uses to get through that electrified door. As always, he's a good fighter in this movie. He's also a good skier tenacious to everything he does. He's willing to go so far as to defy his superiors in order to catch Blofeld. And 
I wasn't a huge fan of George Lazenby in, in, as Bond, but he did. He does a pretty good job with his fighting, and also, and of course, in the um, skiing sequences, and in that bobsled fight at the end, especially. I mean, that was like one of the highlights for me. Actually, just like a pretty suspenseful scene for me, and uh, just the latter half of the scene as well. Just I got invested in it because you finally get some really solid, solid action, and a lot of that is due to James Bond, so he's getting my idol. Nice, but you are asleep on George Lazenby. No, I agree. I, I actually, and I'll get to this later, I actually really like George Lazenby. Yes, <laughs> um, and also, uh, for insurance purposes, he was not allowed to ski in this film. Whenever whenever they're skiing, it's always a stunt double. They wouldn't allow him for insurance purposes. To be or or fucking fight. Olympic yeah. skiers that were going backwards yeah. filming. No, the, so that's, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, yeah, we'll get to that part oh, of it too. Oh, that's fucking but, tits. Uh, amazing, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're on Best Hero Protagonist. This is April's. Uh, she had uh, Pike Bishop from Wild Bunch. Okay, the main the main character yeah. from Wild Bunch. Okay. Yeah, and like I said, if dude, if I was casting a western, dude, that dude would be my fucking hero. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. dude's badass. Um, I'm going. I'm gonna play it safe with this one. Nothing too crazy. Okay, nothing too crazy at all. All right, I'm going with Her Majesty's Secret Service and uh, fuck man, James Bond, dude. He leads yeah. a full assault. On Pussy Palace and <laughs> yep. saves the world's food supply. Okay, that sounds heroic to me. All right. Yeah. I don't think anybody <laughs> can argue with that. Uh, but I also wanted to give some love to uh, George Lazenby, man. I think he really sells the character. I buy him as, as, as an action hero, I buy him as Bond. I think he has a physical presence. Um, he was involved in all of his own stunts except for, you know, <laughs> the fucking skiing backwards <laughs> on right. his fucking head. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm always going to wonder. All right, what, Jesus Christ, what this movie would have looked like with Sean Connery. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always uh, going to wonder that, especially because like, I think, ask me today, actually no contest, not even gun to my dick, no contest, um, you know, fucking Goldfinger is my favorite James Bond movie. Okay. okay. I cannot even imagine, can you imagine fucking Sean Connery in this fucking movie with the cinematography right. and the setting yeah. and fucking Telly Savalas and Glowfield? Holy shit, man. But, uh, you know, for what it is, I'm very happy with this version of 007. I think it's a very underrated and just underappreciated, you know, version of this character. So I I'm, 100% agree. Yeah, so I'm yeah. going with um, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. That takes yeah. us to best kill, death, or defeat. Yes. Okay, so I have, um, I got a little mixed up because I was looking at hers and hers isn't labeled. Um Best kill of the I had a wild bunch. General Mapache gets gunned down. So it's, you know, they're like, hey, we want Angel back. And he's like, oh, you want Angel? You want Angel? <laughs> <laughs> he like cuts, he cuts his throat. I love, so what I love is that he cuts his throat. Angel's body hasn't even hit the ground yet. And they're already like, bum, 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 just blowing him the fuck away, dude. Like, it's so fucked up. <laughs> and it's like, it's a good, I feel it's. I bet it's not that long, but it feels like it's 30 seconds before anything happens Dude. after that. Because everyone's just looking at each other like, well, hold up. <laughs> I didn't expect you to fucking just shoot him. Uh, yeah, and, and in fact, they even start laughing about it. You know, they're like, ah! yeah. Dude, Angel gets so fucked. He gets dragged <laughs> yeah, by the does. car. Fuck. Man. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, that was a great kill. So Angel getting fucked? Yeah, I would say runner-up for me. Would be uh, no, not Angel getting, but M- Mapache getting gunned okay. down. 
uh, because he because he killed him. Runner up would be I would I love when they're going down in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. They're going down the mountain and he slides to he slides to a to a hole uh, over the edge. Uh-huh. And that first guy comes down and just fucking eats it over the ledge. Uh-huh. And they follow him all the way down. It's like a fucking yeah. road running shot. Dude. Like it goes on forever. Dude, even Bond's like <laughs> I guess you can call him like you know friend partner, I don't know, whatever, mm. right? He gets hung by his fucking dick in the fucking mountains. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, dude, real, real quick, dude, uh, what'd you think of, um, as, as a death, kill, or defeat, what'd you think of uh, the death of uh, Ratso Rizzo, though? Yeah. That was a good one, too, yeah. right? As a, as a fucking runner-up. That or, one's a real gut of a gut punch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the death of uh, Tracy <clears throat> Bond. Yeah. That, so I'm gonna talk about that later, but that fucked with me. Mm-hmm. That fucked with me hardcore. Matt, where are you going? Yeah. So I am also going Wild Bunch, but I'm going with the moment right before Nathan's go, which is Mapache's glee in slicing Angel's mm-hmm. throat. It's just a very visceral. He does it very deliberately. And the kicker is just everyone's reaction to that kill. They're like totally shocked, totally furious. And so that's, it's no surprise that they react the way they did. I mean, especially because, as I mentioned before, Mapache says, oh, I'm not going to kill Angel. I'm just going to give you give it back to you and then he goes well whoops never mind I'm just gonna slice the sword right here and now so it was nasty and it leads to the other kill I mean if I could do a double kill um, I would if you <laughs> allow that um, but uh, yeah so the angel kills gets my golden idol nice nice I'm yeah. going with Wild Bunch oh yeah. I'm sorry it's April it's April. Okay. go ahead yeah, no, no. Me. Yeah, you're, you know, you're correct what, so what does April oh, say uh, she's, she's upstairs puking in a bucket puking in a bucket as I recall uh, her best kill it says James Bond uh, Contessa Teresa so I, I assume when she dies at the end okay so when when she when they the drive by nice, <laughs> nice. yeah the drive by yeah. so can I comment on that real quick yeah. I so dude I 100% I'm gonna talk about it later um, I love the death of Tracy Bond but the, the the scene before the death of Tracy Bond is so fucking dumb. the wedding no 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 oh. so it's where like so, Blowfield's in a fucking like neck brace. Oh, his neck brace. <laughs> yeah. So my my one complaint with this film is that it, it is they had talked about either we do it like this or the we end with the wedding uh-huh. and then then we can kill at the end of this film or we end with the wedding and the next film starts with they're driving off. Okay. Blowfield drives by and shoots her, and that's that's the opening scene to the next film. See, I like. I would have liked that. Do you, better. So you think so? I would have okay. liked that. Better. I like the ending here. It just it comes off like I, so in my mind. It comes. It comes I, out I, of fucking nowhere. Yeah, because well, you're like, well, I assume the Blofeld's in prison, right? Well, like, yeah. So that's he the thing. the fucking I, so, neck brace. Yeah, on. that's <laughs> that's fucking horrible. But I, so I, it's weird too because I love the fucking final scene. Mm-hmm. You know, cut like you know thirty seconds <laughs> off of that final scene because like with Telly Savalas, Blofeld's like showing up. I'm like, yeah, he's in prison or. He's doing what the fuck ever, right? I don't think he would be driving the car that yeah. would assassinate. Yeah. You know, so that that always plays weird to me. And then she's in the back seat, like fucking the, yeah. the Russian. <laughs> I don't buy that. But you take that out, yeah. okay? And you just get the assassination of Tracy. <laughs> Bo- fuck, man, yeah. That's solid to me. I, and I think it informs you too on like how, how many years are we with Bond? Like 40, 50 years of Bond? Yeah. I think, it, I think it informs you, like, like, why hasn't he settled down? Yeah. Why doesn't he have a love life, right? Because he found that girl. Because, you know, Bond's interchangeable. The actors are interchangeable. Right. Bond's, like, the, the, the mythology of Bond, you know, the, the, the character. And 
I don't know. I, it's like I, I, I understand why the character has never settled down because he's had that one girl, yeah. and yeah, she yeah, died yeah. because of, of, of you know the the associ- his associations. You know, right? I, it's a beautiful fucking. Movie. I will say in her notes, right? She wrote Bond crying. Now he doesn't cry, but he be- fucking. Okay, so the I saw an interview with George Lazenby where he says. He's, you know, because because people gave him shit. He's like, he's like, I don't fucking cry. Well, no, he people gave him shit because like he's he was he was a model. He's not an actor, you know. Yeah. But like he fucking brought it. He you know brought what I mean? the shit. He's, like, he's like, when I did that scene, he's like, I worked myself up beforehand. He's like, and I and I cried. You know, like I had I had a tear. Okay. I had a tear. I was gonna know? say because I've I've watched that scene probably ten times. And I don't see him cry, but he's he's yeah he's mourning. He is. He's he said mourning. when they when they first shot it, he said I I, had, I brought a tear. Yeah. And they and. I thought it was, and he's like, I was very emotional. He's like, I brought, I brought the tear. And I thought it was great. Mm. And they said, I love they scene. said Bond doesn't cry. Yeah. So they they reshot uh, it, and and so he's crying. Into, yeah. In my eyes. He's yeah. Crying. He in, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes, yeah. He's he fucking is. crying. But they but they did reshoot it. He did cry. Yeah. But they they cut it and said no, yeah. Bond doesn't cry. I'm gonna throw so much love at that later, but right now I'm going with the Wild Bunch, um, for the final shootout. It all centers on a. Uh, uh, a Gatling gun. Battle of right? Bloody Porch, I think it's called. A hundred and seventy kills, I think, is what, I, <laughs> what I've seen on the internet. Right? It's so fucking brutal. I mean, there's so much violence. Yeah. All right. It would give Tarantino a hard on. All right. It's, it's this is Jane going and Glorious Bastards level of yeah. violence. Right. It's just fucking. Blood everywhere. Well, and the idea of giving this to Mel Gibson, right? Because he does do oh, these scenes really he well. He does. Like, I, do, I have a lot of respect for Mel Gibson behind the camera. Yeah, I would love to see this. But um, so it's not just incoherent cards, though. Right. It's. I think it's beautifully filmed. It's. If you look at it, man, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. But it's slow motion. Mm-hmm. It's crash zooms. It's sped up frames. It's just this like ballet yeah. of violence, and you know where you are in the fight. Yeah, too. and that's yeah. hard for 1969. Around, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's so brutal, man. So I'm going Wild Bunch, and then I'm you know runner-ups. I'm going the death of uh, Razzo Rizzo from Midnight yeah. Cowboy. What what did he die of? Was it like pneumonia? Um. So like I don't. So yeah, I've only I mean, watched this movie once, and I have this growing appreciation of like the the idea of Midnight Cowboy, and uh, so I don't even I don't even know if this lines up, but uh, I was thinking about do you think he died of AIDS at all? I don't even know if that is like a thing. I got the impression that it was it was like tuberculosis or something. Maybe okay. maybe that's too maybe that's too old a disease or something okay. for this time period. But that's kind of what it struck what do you think me about as. AIDS, I don't though. like because he had that uh, that that idea yeah. of him and um, Joe Buck running, you know, on the beachside, butt naked, you know, which you right. know, whatever. I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. You know what I mean? I'd be, uh, I'd be curious. I mean, I think, it could be there's an official I, I, answer. I think it's but, a, like you know. I was thinking maybe pneumonia, but no, yeah. pneumonia could also be. But he's sick because though before you know what I mean. Like he gets sick. He get he's sick all throughout the whole film, not yeah. just. Uh, I, I, so I'd, I'd be really curious. Though. I think that might be a, a a slight commentary on it certainly homosexuality. Could be. Yeah. I, you know, it, and especially in that time frame. Yeah. Um, and you know, the death of Tracy Bond, uh, which I'm going to give some major love later. I think it's a defining mo- uh, like. Well, shit! Did I just ruin that? We'll talk about it later. But anyway, <laughs> so that takes us to what the fuck. So, um, do you guys need to take a break or anything? Are you good? I'm good. Okay, let's just uh, talk through it. So, I picked one from each movie, so I did a lot better than what I usually do. (laughs) 1969, guys, I could have picked 
fucking five okay yeah. what the fuck moments from each movie right yeah. um so let's go around let's just talk about our runner-ups and then we'll end with our number one okay okay so let's um so real quick let's just get april out of the way okay, okay. Cause she's because she's um <clears throat> she's upstairs yeah i believe she's puking into a bucket, in a bucket. I, so, I hope at this point she's in bed yeah does so um does she even have a number one so there, there's a bunch listed i'm assuming the one on top is number one okay. and then I'll, I'll just read the ones underneath uh, wild bunch uh, kids watching scorpions and ants mm. while the, while laughing weirdly, <laughs> uh, then burning them alive. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was so. That was one. Can I comment on that? Yeah. So that was one of mine. That was okay. one of my runner-ups because I, th- I I think I get the metaphor right where you have uh, you know the changing of the wild west and you have like the uh, yeah. I, I I think I get what they're going for, <laughs> but. Do you need these fucking children of the corn fucks? Yeah. All right, burning alive. A, like, so they, so first they just they they gleefully yeah watch the scorpion get killed by ants. Okay? Yeah. And then they set the fucker on fire, and I'm like Jesus Christ! I actually commented when I watched that. I'm like these kids. I want to see a western where these kids grow into adults and yeah. they just eat everybody's skin. Right. It's so yeah. I get that. I get what she's saying there. Yeah, they're like they're the bone hot, the bone yeah. tomahawk kids or whatever. Yeah. And so this isn't one of my what the fucks, but I, can I add to that real quick? Yeah. Do you do you remember the Michael Madsen like crazy fuck at the beginning of Wild Bunch where he just like he's like you know telling these people oh yeah yeah to, he's to like, sing the song yeah. right and then when they That's kill good... and when they kill him he goes I think he says I don't have it in my notes but he goes, yeah he says something real fucked he up he says you need to talk to my sister's black cat's ass. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, what the I think that is what he fuck? says, yeah. Anyway, that's not even in my notes. I just, that, that, that reminded me of that. But all the other kids you see in the Wild Bunch, like you go to the other Mexican village, and they're throwing rocks into the fucking pond. Yeah. But in the first town, they're burning scorpions to death. It's weird. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, you want me to keep going with hers? Mm. Okay. Uh, she has Midnight Cowboy, Creepy Pimp that wants to pray for Jesus. Oh. Right, so when he goes to that first okay. guy. Yeah. Um, Italian <laughs> job. They get away with the money and racing down the winding countryside slash ending? I'll talk about that later. Okay. Okay. That's what she has for runner Okay. Okay, that's it? Yeah. Okay. So, Nate, what do you got? Um, Just a few, man. Uh, just off... So, just one thing that's one. always bothered me... Up. Okay, we'll do okay. Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. Uh, when they... They set, the, they set the bomb to blow it up and they get off in the helicopter... And they're like, they're like, okay, we're gonna. They sync the clocks, and he's like, okay, it's going to, it's going to explode now. Uh, and then it cuts to Blofeld running up the staircase, jumps out. Then it cuts to Bond running up the staircase, jumping out, and then it explodes. It's like thirty seconds later. Like you couldn't have edited that, so it was like <laughs> it's doing it now. And then Bond's jumping out, and it explodes. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. what the fuck? Like it, ir- it irritates me every time. What about James Bond? Fucking like. Reading the Playboy magazine. Yeah. Was just, just like walking out with a Playboy. <laughs> oh, man. So, what am I... So, uh, Matt, what's one of your run-ups, dude? Just one of them? Yeah, give me one. Uh, well, the first one I have here is uh, Percy Garris spitting all the time. You know, their guide uh-huh. in Bolivia. It's, it's just a little bit weird, um, especially in the context with the rest of the movie where they're kind of uh, acting fairly normal. Here's this guy like, Bidding. It just it just get a little weird. All right, one of my runner-ups was um, and and again, I really respect the plot. Okay, 
I'm going to talk about it later. Um, <clears throat> but first viewing, you know, Midnight Cowboy won Best Picture. And, dude, surface value, just guys talking, right? The plot cracks me the fuck up, yeah. man. <laughs> it's about this redneck Texas cowboy dishwasher. And he thinks that he can just move to New York and just get pussy all day. And he's just like, I'm going to move to New York and the pussy's going to fucking pay me. Yeehaw! And he's just like, I'm like, whatever, dude. And then he gets there. All right? And then the look on his face when, like, he has to pay this chick for sex <laughs> because she cons him. And then after that, okay, so he, he spends all of the money that he has, all right, going from Texas to New York. <laughs> he spends all the money he has, right, on this chick. And then this dude's like, I'll pay you if you let me suck your dick in the theater, right? And then he sucks his dick in the theater and he has no money. And I'm just like, dude, this plot is so fucking funny. Like, the American dream, like, two thumbs down. Yeah. Okay, that's it. it's so fucking hilarious to me. I do respect the script, but it was fucking funny. So one of mine from Midnight Cowboy, I think, would have been... In the beginning, when he's in the shower and he's singing like "Get Long Little Doggy," like <laughs> it cuts, it cuts away from him, and then it cuts back, and he's like, he's like washing his arms, he's washing his dick or whatever. Then it'll like cut back to him, and he's still singing it while he's drying off. And then it cuts away, and it comes back, and he's still singing it while he's like putting his pants on. Like, how fucking long are you singing oh this God, fucking dude, song? Dude? Funny, how funny. many verses are in "Get Along Little Doggy"? Oh my God, <laughs> that's funny as fuck, dude. So, so, Matt, what do you got, dude? Run her up. Well, I also had the ants killing the scorpion just because it seemed to come out of nowhere. Like, it, especially because it's early in the movie, so you're thinking, where is this movie going? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's why I also had it on there. You know, like, so serious, I, I think I get the metaphor here, but I think you can have yeah. the, uh, the outlaws coming into town. And you just see a scorpion getting attacked by ants. Yeah. And then you see the outlaws coming in. You don't need these fucking children of the corn <clears throat> fucks. Okay. You know, looking and, 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 and doing all this, you know, violent shit. Sure. I, I, I just don't get it. Um, <laughs> so another one of mine is Easy Rider. And uh, so I was reading some uh, facts on Easy Rider. And according to Jack, Nichols, uh, Jack Nicholson, um, him and Dennis Hopper and Peter Fodder, right? Yeah. Uh, went through 150 joints. All right, well, just filming the campfire scene. Right. Just the campfire scene. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <Yeah. laughs> That's not even talking about the LSD and the cocaine. That was right. probably real. I think I read that they did not do LSD. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, bleh, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 But, you know. Yeah, so that was a runner-up. So, Nate? Um... I would say, I would say, it's not my it's not my number one, right? But mm. the the humor in Wild Bunch, I just don't think it's funny. You know what I mean? There's yeah. all, there are many times in that film, whether it's that, whoa, my sister's cat's black ass. Or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, or they're like standing there shooting these fucking barrels and all the all the wines coming out and they're like, <laughs> you know, like what even about the end yeah. where like I like I like that scene where the the uh, you know whatever he, yeah yeah. He, I, th- I think the guy at the very the end says, or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the, the other guy says like, uh, you know, it ain't like it used to be, but it'll do or something. And then he goes, ha, 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 ha. Like, what is. the fuck? I'm like, and I I get his relationship with the the guys, yeah, right, that died. But yeah, that made no sense. Yeah, it was so. There weird. are many times in that movie. I think some of these other because I don't I don't think it's the time 
because other Butch and Cassidy's funny. Yeah. Or, you know, Butch, Butch and Sundance is funny. Italian Job is funny. You know what I mean? Like, is it though? I I think I think it's funny. <laughs> I I think it's a funny movie. Uh, so it's not like it's just the time period. I just don't think it's funny. I don't, you know, and and because they they over exaggerate how funny things are, it's very jarring to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, all right. Good. So so another one of my runner ups is I I one hundred percent love um, Her Majesty's Secret Service. Right, it has its problems. For sure, right? But I love that the villain's lair, right, is uh, a place that Bond has to infiltrate, right? That is, it's a Bond. Let me say that again. Bond has to infiltrate. Yeah. A pussy palace. (laughs) All right? That is nothing but smoking hot chicks, all right, that want to fuck him. (laughs) He's scheduling, but dude, he's scheduling times to fuck okay dude it cracks me up it's so great like i said earlier like this this should be the next austin powers movie and so like dude there was a so you know that scene in the movie where he's in pussy palace and he goes like he the, the lady writes her room number yeah. on his inner thigh yeah and she's yeah. like writes the perfect eight yeah okay on his inner thigh like right up there with his dick i was reading this cracks me up you know what george lazenby did no this motherfucker dude he heated up a sausage and he tied it to the side of his leg. So when this actress had to write the number, the number eight on the side of his leg, she she touched a warm sausage. And she's like, you know, it just cracks me up, dude. Like all of that, all of that is so fucked up, dude. I fucking love it. Anyway. All right. So what's the, what's another one, guys? I'm just I'm at my my, my what the fuck. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I was good this time. I only did one what the fuck per movie. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Uh, I talked about uh, Wild Bunch. Um, I, I kind of connected to April's uh, the violent uh, Chore of the corn fucking West kids. Yeah. Um, Butch Cassie and the Sundance Kid guys, come on, man! Sundance, you know, makes a woman strip at gunpoint, and it comes off so fucking creepy. Yeah, it comes off. Yeah, it comes you off know? super rapey. Super creepy and. Uh, it almost got my like 2019 like Me Too award. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it comes off super creepy. I think that is all. I, dude, I could talk about what the fucks all day because this is 1969. Yeah. There's there Times is a lot of issues. Yeah. yeah, I have my number one, which I'll save. But so, um, Nate, what was your number one? My number one, and I'll say this is the same as April's number one. So mm-hmm. you know, we don't need to cut back. It's and now uh, full disclosure. Uh, I don't know how to ride a bike. <laughs> okay, I never learned. When I was a kid, I had roller skates, uh-huh. and I can roller skate like a motherfucker. But I, I cannot ride a bike. I've tried several occasions. It's not, I'm not great at it. Uh-huh. Uh, Butch Cassidy masters, masters the bicycle shit. overnight. This is a new invention. <laughs> new like invention. it is, it is billed as a brand new invention that will revolutionize the West. It is the end of the horse. Okay. So he presumably goes back after the scene, buy, obviously buys one. Uh-huh. He must be up all fucking night. <laughs> Trying to, like, do it. All fucking night. stands on a fucking bike. Not, so even, even right when he rolls up and he's like, hey, check it out. And she gets on the... Raindrops she, falling yeah. on my head. <laughs> and they're going... They're off-road. They're off-road. And so with, weird. She's on the handlebars, right? Yeah. Like, that's fucking rough. He's standing up on one foot. He's like doing a handstand and shit. Jesus. It's like circus shit. It's crazy. Overnight. Overnight. <laughs> the guy's That's a prodigy. Nuts. It's nuts. Like, 
You know what? I have to give props to April on that one. That's not... So, and props to you. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always felt that that scene was kind of out of place. I like the music right there. I don't know. Well, so I'll, I'll talk about that later. But um, it was always weird to me, and I never really understood why. And then April was like, "How the f- what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. And that was one of the movies we watched together. I was like, yeah, you're right. This is fucking retarded. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, hey, Matt, what you got? Number so one. I just want to do one real quick uh, runner-up. Okay. Uh, okay. Just the ear licking in uh, Wild Bunch. Like, I get that it's probably supposed to be some sort of comparison to licking pussy, but it just doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't quite match up. And you see a little bit more of it, like Mid uh, Midnight Cowboy. So I wonder if that's just some sort of thing that people were very into back in 1969 uh but my winner is um the italian job for the literal cliffhanger ending i was just going like what the fuck are you really going to end it there um i saw it i think it's i think i read somewhere that the explanation for it is because like just in case they were going to do a sequel to the movie in that case, it makes sense that some sort of cliffhanger and you're ending like a tribute to like old movie serials or something. But in this case, it's just like, really, what the fuck? Come on. I, <laughs> I would rather have a proper ending. But yeah, so that's why I guess my number one. Another what the fuck from uh, Italian Job that I forgot to mention is when they get chased, the three minis get chased up on top of that building. They go up that ramp mm. and it's kind of this amphitheater. And the uh-huh. car, the cop goes up in the middle and it's like, it's like he's lost them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like oh, where the, the fuck, fuck did they, they go? go? And then they just, like, they just come back by him? Like, yeah. where, where the fuck were... I mean, like, you know, <laughs> it's like that scene in, uh, you think about Enter the Dragon, that end scene with all the mirrors. Yeah. Like, it only works if you're tight in. If you're tight in. Because if you pull out, it just looks like you're at a if fucking you think about gym. It, it's just a gym. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It's a gym at Planet <laughs> Fitness in Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Like, where could they possibly <laughs> be hiding up it's there? like, where the fuck is like, that guy? Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, dude. Also, um, I have to bring this up. It was with Wild Bunch. There were so many characters that reminded me of uh, other actors. Like there was this one guy. I, I I don't remember his name. He was one of the uh, the hotshot bad guys. That you know, I think it was the, one of the brothers in Wild okay. Bunch. He he looked just like an older Leonardo DiCaprio. There was a guy that I thought looked just like Brad Pitt. Okay, which one? I uh I can't tell you off the top okay. of my head, but there's a guy who I feel like looks just like Brad. You know, you, you know the uh, the the main Mexican bandit. Uh huh. His underling looked just like fucking Rob Schneider. Like just like Rob Schneider. That guy's a very famous actor. He's Is in, he? He's in uh, Romancing the Stone as well. That guy. Jesus. I love that guy. Yeah. So my number one is the uh, the maniac <laughs> fucking bus driver taking the <laughs> the, the the Alp curves yeah. at breakneck speed. Yeah. It's fucking insane yeah, to me, man. Up. The tires are lifting off the pavement. <laughs> so I don't like, know. I get that you're high and you're having a good time. Yeah, right? I but, don't I don't know how fast you're supposed to drive on the Alps, right? Yeah. I is that a, is that I, I don't know, but I, I would think at this point, you've ditched the cars, you you're in the, the clear. You're take in the it, clean. Take man. it slow. Now. Oh my God. It's, don't draw any unwanted attention to yourself. God. <laughs> I So I like the ambiguous ending. If they, maybe, maybe they, you know, maybe they run into a, a, a closed road sign, uh-huh. right? Or something and they end up in a, in a weird position. I like the ambiguous ending. But this fucking guy <laughs> is driving like a fucking <laughs> stupid animal. Okay, I can't. I don't understand it. And everyone's drinking in the back, and yeah. they even come up to him and like, "Hey!" It's like, "Why? Why are you speeding? You know what the fuck? 
Yeah. I don't understand. And then there's the moment, like, so this is kind of connected to it. But you know when they're, um, the Mini Coopers are, are going down the highway and they're trying to drive up on the ramp uh-huh. into, yeah. in, into the trailer? Again, they've lost everybody. They've lost the cops, right? No one's even chasing them. Just pull the fuck over <laughs> and let them drive yeah. up. Yeah. It fucking blows my mind. It's so stupid. That's, yeah, that's funny. I, I fucking hate it. I hate all of that. Anyway, that takes it. So is that it, guys? Is that all I want to fuck? I could have went on and on. I'm being nice tonight. I'm only doing one or like one and a half. <laughs> all right? <laughs> per movie. But that takes us to our next category, which is... What is our next category? Best score or soundtrack, I believe. Is that it? All right. So where are we going, guys? We're well... Going uh, I dude, I think a lot of these movies have pretty good soundtracks. Um, I would say Italian Job's up there. It's not my it's not my favorite. Um, the soundtrack that I cannot get out of my head is uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, it would have been uh, John Barry. It's you know they, they do the they do the classic Bond theme right, but then there's that the the title theme. And it's just that dum 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 dum, and like dude, that, that they use it so well in all of the uh, all the chase scenes. It just comes in very ominously. Uh, I remember during you know during the uh, the title sequence, I remember thinking like you know I there's better title sequences. You know, like frankly, there are better title sequences, but the they really do use the shit out of that of out of that theme in this movie, and, and in such a good way, I think. Uh, so that's where I'm going to go. Matt, what do you got? I am going with Easy Rider for its use of the modern rock songs. I especially like how the songs fit with the scenes. When you get bike riding scenes, uh, that you get uh, Born to be Wild. When you get, and then there's a drug-taking song when they're like doing, undergoing the drug sale. And the hippie-ish song in the commune. I also like the use of uh, the song The Weight. And it's all right, Mom, only bleeding right after uh, they get out of New Orleans. So I think just it's really great how all of the songs um, fit with the scenes. I don't think quite they do it quite on the level of something like Guardians of the Galaxy, but for the for I mean for this time it was really innovative. So I have to give it my golden idol. So I, April agrees with you. Uh, she has yeah. she has Easy Rider. I will say this: <clears throat> Easy Rider may have. The worst soundtrack I've ever heard in my oh, whole fucking wow, life. Really? I fucking uh, hate the soundtrack, wow, dude. Seriously, why is um, that? I don't. I I think the songs that are good are super on the nose. You like "Born to Be Wild" and that kind of stuff. Uh, the songs that there are songs that are too on the nose now great. or then. Well, certainly now. Okay, certainly now. There are songs that are gr- so grating and like I don't hmm. like I. And there are many scenes where like um. So I'll give you an example. There's one scene where they take off on the road. I think it's after they leave the hippie commune or whatever. They take off on the road, and it's this fucking ridiculous, like, I just wanted to end folk song. And then it cuts, like, in the middle of that song, and then it just goes into a Hendrix song. And I like the Hendrix song, but then they're in they're in the town. It's only because they're in a town. It's like it cuts, we're in a town now, and now we're listening to Hendrix. And then it's just Hendrix as we're driving through the town, and then they cut. Like, why the fuck does it have to be like that? Don't Meza make any sense to me. You and I like, are going to get drunk, and we're going to take that same road trip with the soundtrack. I fucking cannot stand the Easy Rider soundtrack, dude. 
All right, so that was April. What it, April was okay, as well. So yeah. this is my first tie of the night. Okay. All right. First off, I'm going with Easy Rider. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so defeated. All right, for best soundtrack. You get Steppenwolf, you get Jimi Hendrix, you get Jefferson Airplane. Um, and looking at the soundtrack right now, you get classics like, man, The Pusher, Born to be Wild, The Weight, If Six Was Nine, you know, Wasn't Born to Follow. And uh, that's just naming a few of, uh, from this list. And I think it's essential. I think it's an essential road trip soundtrack. If I'm ever so lucky to just to take this <laughs> kind of trip, all right, with you or with my wife or whatever, <laughs> I'll be listening to this soundtrack at least once, man. And so for my tie, I'm also giving this point to best song. Okay. So, you know, I'll take some shit for that if I need to. But, you know, this song has been in my head since I've heard it. So I wanted to give it a point. And I'm going Her Majesty's Secret Service. We have all the time in the world yeah, yeah. Uh, performed by Louis Armstrong. Man, it's a great song. It's a beautiful song. Um, it's taken from Bond's final words, you know, mm-hmm. after his wife's death. Man, it's just so wonderful. It's impacted me. Man, it, I want a Bond movie. If I could write a Bond movie tomorrow, I would probably title it All the Time in the World. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's how much the song has, like, kind of impacted me, man. So, anyway, I'm going with Easy Rider and, uh, you know, Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, Runner up real quick. I want to, so I was going to go Midnight's Cow, Midnight Cowboy. Everybody's Talking. I think is a great yeah. song. Yeah, it's a great song. They but use the they shit. They use out the of shit out of it, man. They play it so many times. Like I felt like they they played it five times throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And then uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, man, has some really unconventional music. It is for a western, which yeah. it, it kind of felt like a Tarantino. Like what would Tar- what would Tarantino do for a western? You know. Um, so I really did well, we appreciate that. Well, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. Did but they had, like, so they had uh, raindrops falling <laughs> yeah. on my head in a western. Right. Which doesn't work if you think about it. Yeah. But it kind of did work. It, yeah. Mi- minus the bicycle shit. Sure. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, so that, that that was really cool to me. So that takes us to best quote. So uh, all of my quotes. Now, if you think about this, everybody dies at the end of every film. Right? So Butch, mm. Butch and Sundance. Butch Cassidy and Sundance. They both die. Midnight Cowboy, Ratso dies. Easy Rider, they both die. Wild Bunch, they all die. Italian Job, they arguably all They're die. <laughs> They're pretty fucked. Uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, Teresa dies. Yeah. Right? Huh, that's Almost yeah. every film. I mean, other, other than if you, you... I will give you Italian Job, but they're they, completely they're, fucked. They're fucked. Um, so I wanted to... I was thinking as far as quotes, best last words. Okay? Nice. So there are some good ones, right? Like, um, for a moment... You mo- put for, some thought into this. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, for a moment there, I thought we were in trouble. Would have been great. Uh, Butch, Butch and Sundance, right? Um, the one I think I like the most is, um, uh, ha- hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. <laughs> My Michael Caine. Uh, fucking, uh, because, uh, you know. I have a great idea. Because, that's, <laughs> that's good. Because I think he either does have a great idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. I, I think that was, that was, that's my favorite I, can, I do. I can completely get on board with that because, like I said earlier, I hate that fucking ending. I hate no, no. So I hate the circumstances because you don't you don't drive that fucking fast on the Alps. Sure, as as far as I know, if you drew if you do have to drive fast on the Alps because of the Alps, I don't fucking know, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have to drive fast, you don't drive so fast your tires are lifting off the fucking ground. (laughs) No one, you no one could do that. Okay, but I do. Having said that, I like the ambiguous ending. 
Well, having said that, I just about that, I have never driven a gigantic bus before. Yeah. Nor one with sliding gold in the back. Yeah. Like tons of sliding ass gold. I don't know. I don't. Maybe that impacts. Maybe, Nate, maybe he's not Nate, driving as. As much like a shithead as we think. I, There's I, people partying in the back. There's gold shifting back and forth. Yeah. Maybe it's just. But I, I, up. I know you, Nate. I think if gold was in the back of our bus. Oh you, yeah, we'd be going. You would drive. Slow. <laughs> um, yeah, you would drive. Sensibly. Co- sensibly. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, not like a fucking dumb shit. <laughs> I goddamn hate that. He's, and he's smiling too. Right. He's not even worried. He's not even. There's not even no. a bead of sweat. He's just like. I'm like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? There's yeah. not one cop behind him. Fuck all that. Anyway, yeah. so. <sighs> anyway, I love the ambiguous thing. So what's, uh, Matt, where are you going? All right, so for my best quote, I'm going with Midnight Cowboy. And Joe says, to tell the truth, I ain't a for real cowboy, but I'm with one hell of a, <laughs> of a stud. stud. And that's when he says that. <laughs> that is really the good. first time he says it. So the first time he says it, this line is like, you can kind of believe that he is because you haven't seen a whole lot that convinces you otherwise. I mean, you see him in the flashbacks (laughs) making love to his girlfriend back in Texas. And even when he first arrives in New York and he's like, some people seem to be looking at him like they're uh, interested in him. And it could just be because, you know, he's wearing a cowboy outfit in New York City. But then by the time you get to him saying that second line, you've already seen the flashbacks where you know these guys gang raped both him and his girlfriend. Uh, you had several bad sexual experiences with both men and women. So by the time he says this line, it seems like it's much more of a denial and a facade and this character he's putting on to convince himself that he is a stud. And it's really just sad. So it's interesting to see how it flips between the first time he says it and the second time. So that's why it's getting my golden idol. Nice. Yeah. So what April say? Uh, we're on best quote. Uh, it's wild bunch. It's covered you two bit redneck peckerwood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. There All you right. go. <laughs> All right. So uh, my favorite quote was from a very minor character. Uh, it was from a village elder named Don Jose in the Wild Bunch. He said, "We all dream of being a child again, even the worst of us, perhaps." The worst, most of all. And I love this idea of even the villains, you know, still long for their childhood. You know, Mm -hmm. that the worst still have this desire to revisit their youth, you know, to revisit a time of innocence and, you know, where the world wasn't so cutthroat. You know, it's it's such a great quote to me. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, I didn't give it best quote in the uh, the Crow versus Old Boy, mm-hmm. but there's this great quote that's been haunting me. You ever have those like awards that you're like, you know, you think about, you're like, I wish I would have said yeah. what Nathan like, said. I, I wish wrong. I would have said, yeah, yeah, I was wrong, right? There's this quote in the Crow, and I still stand by my quote. I say, it doesn't rain all the time. Can't rain all the time. I love yeah. that fucking quote from the Crow. But there's another quote that Wayne, cousin Wayne said, and it's like, childhood is over the moment you know you're going to die. Mm. You know, and the villain says that in there. And it kind of reminded me of this where I'm like, you know, man, it, it's, it's it's such a great quote, man. But these villains were like the worst of the worst. Right. Right. Yeah. Are like, you know, they, they they think of childhood and innocence, you know. I, I, mm. it, it was really impactful to me. It was a very small quote, but that's where I'm going. And then um, runner up was Midnight Cowboy. Joe Buck says, you know. I ain't a real fucking cowboy, but I'm one hell of a stud, and I even said it. And uh, I do want to give some love to Majesty Secret Service, man. It was a fourth. I like, I love fourth wall breaks. 
Yeah. That was gonna be. Oh, I know. Like like I was gonna say this was this was gonna yeah. be my favorite quote. Yeah, for a James while. Bond, dude. He says this never happened to the other fella. Yeah, and who was the other uh, fella? Yeah, Sean Connery. Sean fucking Connery, <laughs> yeah. dude. I love it, dude. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. All right, that takes us to best screenplay. Uh, from you know what? I feel kind of weird. I'm the only one kind of giving love to Italian Job here, but uh, uh, Troy Kennedy Martin wrote wrote the Italian Job. I really liked it, man. I I really did. did. You really? I really okay. did. Um, I think that the dialogue is crisp. I think the characters are great. I think the 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 plot is fun. It moves quickly. Uh, in terms of like screenplay, in terms of script, I think it's very strong. Okay. I, mean, I, I really like. The, I think you can. I think you can read the script and identify the characters without looking at who, who the names are. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't know that you can do that with like Wild Bunch or something. I think the lines are fairly interchangeable. So you know? how does Michael Caine's character get into the fucking jailhouse shit house? To, to crack the plan with the fucking mafia boss. How does he what? How does he... The, he gets... Re- he, like... So he he gets out of prison, right? Yeah. And then he gets back into prison. He has to get pr- back into prison. Yeah, how does, right. he get, how does he get it back into prison to talk? Well, I mean, Bridger, like, Bridger, like, owns the prison, right? I mean, he's stuck in prison, but he, like, owns it. Yeah, yeah. But how does Michael Caine's character, like... Get into the fucking shitter? <laughs> how does he break into the shitter? Okay. To talk to the the to the dude, mob boss. He's always got a plan, man. I guess, dude. It's like it, I know, it's, I'm like I'm like, how the fuck did you get in there, man? Yeah. Anyway, I had to bring it okay. up. Okay. Anyway, that's what I was. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Matt, go ahead. So for my best screenplay, I'm going with William Goldman for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I mean, especially just for the dialogue, how Goldman really understands how good dialogue works. It's not just about the one-liners, which there are a lot of those too, but just how the dialogue plays off each other. Um, I mean, it's all character-driven, so that's why another reason why it works really well. So um, just how it's so snappy and has a nice rhythm to it, it's, I think it's all, a lot of it's just great. Um, there's also a very well-structured plot where it starts off with Butch and Sundance being pretty much at the top of their games, like the opening scene at the poker game. I think it's pretty, supposed to be pretty representative of how good they usually are at getting money from people. Um, and then as the movie goes on, they seem to be getting worse and worse at their job, especially when they get to Bolivia and they have trouble learning the language and therefore pulling off the bank heist. Um, so yeah, that's great as well. They're strong characters, mainly, mainly Butch and Sundance, but I thought that Woodcock was a fun character. Edda Place is a nice introduction of a female character and adding a little uh, kink in the uh, dynamic between the two. So overall, it's a strong screenplay. Goldman knows his stuff, and he gets my golden idol. And nice. what? So what did the uh, the drunk chick say? Uh, April, and I'll disagree with her with her pick here. She she wrote. Uh, easy writer, okay. and I will say I disagree because there like literally is no screenplay. They just yeah. rode around, and got fucking fucked up, and recorded it. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I would. I mean, I, don't, I think they, I'm fairly certain it's well documented. They like ad libbed most of the film. Yeah, I think yeah. it's an important film for '69, but I wouldn't say it's a for screenplay. Right, for screenplay, we're talking. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. All right, guys, I'm going Midnight Cowboy, and I think it's the uh, the most original story out of the uh, the six movies we had to watch in this marathon. You know, I joked about it earlier, but I think this movie is the, the, the story that has the most potential to grow on me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been in my fucking head ever since I watched it. Like, I remember, like, you know, sitting on the couch with my wife. It's one of the movies we watched. And I was I was laughing at the whole time like this dude's good fucking dishwasher Texas guy is gonna get sack, gonna get pussy right he's gonna get paid for it right he's in for a rude awakening right but 
Um, you know, with that to the side, man, I think it's layered, you know. Um, would you would you consider this an LGBTQ yeah. movie? Yeah, and, and I will say this. It's one of these films, like, if this film came out today, this is the earliest I can think of. It would of get a, best a, picture if it came out today. Yes, yes. This, this, this is what I'm getting at. It, this is the earliest I can think of where a film comes out and it's like, that's clearly Oscar bait. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? It's clear. It's clearly, it's going to come out and you're like, okay, so there's a movie coming out next year. Uh, there, it's about a, a sort of a sexually traumatized cowboy yeah. uh, who gets blamed for the, he was in love with a special needs girl. Yeah. It uh, gets blamed for her rape. Uh, moves to New York to be like a male prostitute. Yeah, ends up in kind of a, a, a quasi homosexual relationship with a with a that guy who's dying of like tuberculosis. And I mean, like, okay, yeah, I mean that's gonna win an Oscar for yeah, best yeah. Replay, You know what but, I mean? But, like, but I think the important <laughs> thing here is this came out in nineteen sixty nine. Exactly. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it, you know, and the uh, the director was a um, right. He's a, he's a gay man. Uh-huh. You know. I think you could argue that Joe and Rizzo are gay, especially that 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 beach rocky scene <laughs> where they're <laughs> fucking yeah. like trailing up the beach, you know, sure. fucking shirts off, man. But um, I also think it's more than that, man. I think it has some heart. Um, it, you know, it could just be about this odd friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it's uh, you know with with its loose commentary about uh, you know on homosexuality and sex. I think it's probably the most. I maybe not my best picture, right? But I think it's the most important movie of nineteen sixty. I think it's the most important. Movie. Yeah, I don't know I, that I yeah, think it's the yeah. best. I think it's the most right. I think, I think it's, it's the most important. I think it's the most important story. Right. You know, of nineteen sixty nine. Okay. I think the story has some balls for its time. This ain't your grandpa's cowboy, cowboy movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> so I'm going Midnight Cowboy. So that takes us to best special achievement. Okay. I gave this cinematography, and this is a tie. Okay, Ooh, nice. uh, for the longest time, it was it was just uh, Michael Reed for Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and then I tied it with uh, Douglas Slocum for The Italian Job. They both have okay. amazing locations. They're I think extremely well shot. Um, I think particularly I think in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, um, they talked to one of the guys that normally does the editing. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, we want you behind the camera to see what you can do. And he's like, just shot the shit out of that fucking mountain. And they were like, you know, why are you, why are you, why are you, uh, you know, you're an editor. You should know that if you're shooting this right now, it doesn't sync up with what we, what we shot earlier. You know, he's like, he's like, I'll fucking make it work. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I just want this shot. I'll make it work. Like, we'll figure out a way to make it work. And uh, I can just, you can just tell that he's having fun, uh, that it's a, it's passionate for them. I think, and I think. With the Italian job, I just think it's it's gorgeous. I think the whole film is just fucking gorgeous yeah. to watch. Yeah. All right, Matt, what do you think? For my special achievement, I'm going with Easy Rider being the first independent film released by a major studio. Like I mentioned before, 20th Century Fox had been making these big budget musicals like Dr. Doolittle and Sound of Music, and there's so there's that was going on. So this was a very different shift. And I think because of the lower budget and it being independent, uh, Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda were able to experiment a lot more, like you said, improvising lines and scenes, using non-professional actors, using the modern rock soundtrack. And it, and like, it was, like I saw in this doc, documentary I watched, probably this part of it, um, Shaking the Cage, um, it's one of the few films, if not adult, the one only film at that time that was addressing the counterculture, and I think it's probably one of the best ones to do so, so that's why it gets my special achievement. 
Nice. So what did Nate? What did the bucket puker say? April has basically the same thing Matt says. Okay. E- easy writer, and it, it's it, she's written quite a lot here, um, but it looks basically to be saying this, the same thing, like the just the, just the, the importance of the film. That okay. It came out at the time that it did. All right, so I'm going with the the uh, the two movies that I think changed cinema in 1969. So this is my second time. I'm going with Midnight Cowboy, and I'm going with Easy Rider. I mean, can you imagine, you know, going to, uh, you know, John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart movies, and then, you know, you, you, you get a movie like Midnight Cowboy, like where a dude is blowing another fucking dude, right? Like, like, like I said, this was a new kind of cowboy movie, right? This was a this was a new kind of cowboy movie where, you know, like, this movie had some fucking balls. And then Easy Rider, right? We treated in our horses, all right. Do you know what movie came out? So, uh, do you know what won Best Actor in 1969? Uh, Best Actor. I think I have it written down. John Wayne. Was it John Wayne? Okay. Yeah, for True Grit, right? Okay. So you, you, so the the general public, right, is going to see John Wayne movies, right? They're loving True Fucking Grit, and then you get fucking movies where people are blowing each other and the two guys are blowing each other and you get Easy Rider, right? Where we right. trade in our true grit horses, right? And we trade them in for motorcycles and, you know, we go across the country smoking weed and dropping LSD. You know, we're <laughs> fucking hippies, man. You know, these two movies I think were game changers so I'm giving the award to both and, you know, I would put The Wild Bunch in here because I do think they changed the, the Western, right? But I don't have any ties so... I'm going to go with, uh, you know, Midnight Cowboy and Easy Rider. So that takes us to Best Supporting, Nate. Uh, Dustin Hoffman and <laughs> uh, Midnight Cowboy. I don't, it, for me, it's not. I mean, it's 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 a contest with, like, Robert Redford. You know what I mean? Other than that, I, I think it's pretty pretty well Dustin Hoffman. Um, even though I think he gets a little bit, with his accent gets a little bit Rain Man at times. Um, I, I'm... I, I think he's a phenomenal actor. I think he, uh, he and John Voight, I think, pushed themselves, pushed each other. You know, there, there was this dynamic where Dustin Hoffman was kind of already an established star, kind of from The Graduate, and John Voight was kind of on the up. And so the two of them were really kind of had this uh, relationship on set where they were kind of, uh, John Voight's kind of jealous jealous of him. And and really, uh, Hoffman was trying to sort of stay stay up, stay have, you know, the upper hand. And they, they've, I've heard interviews where they were saying, that, you know, the the two of them would kind of get into it uh, on this after a scene, you know, kind of like boxers in like a in like a clinch, and be like, you know, is that that, that the best you can do? Like, that's that's the best you got, you know, like give me something more. And uh, yeah, I, I just I love that that chemistry, man. I think I think Dustin Hoffman really brings it, and I think and I think because of that, he brought out the most out of John Voight as well, which is kind of part of that. Well, what'd you have, Matt? So I agree with you. I'm also going with Midnight Cowboy and Dustin Hoffman. The voice, the physicality, the sad looks that he gives people. They all do a great job of establishing that he's low in uh, morality, social status, and morale. It's just a case where he really inhabits the character. And so you don't, after a while, I mean, yeah, he, he looks like Dustin Hoffman, but he's not Dustin Hoffman. He really does a good job of making that character his own. So, yeah, I agree with you 100% that he gets the idol for supporting actor. Amen. Uh, April agrees as well. That's what she has. Dustin Hoffman. Okay. Yeah. So, John Voight and Dustin Hoffman were both nominated for Best Actor. Mm -hmm. All right, for uh, Midnight Cowboy. But I'm going 
best supporting, yeah. all right, for Dustin Hoffman. You know, this is ten years before Rain Man, all right? Right. And, uh, yeah, he won Best Actor for that, but he's just as good, if not better, in this, and... God damn it, he's a fucking scene stealer in this. Yeah. You know, he's so yeah. he comes off so shifty, so scuzzy. Um, he plays the character of Ratso Rizzo perfectly. Um, he becomes a rat, right? Yeah. I think yeah. a, a sympathetic rat. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's it's beautifully layered, like we talked about earlier. You know, you know, I think there's a you know, you, you can say he's 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 gay in this. You know, I think this could be an LGBT. You know, is it TQ? I I, I can't even. It, Keep up with the fucking sure. letters now, right? But <laughs> I think it's beautifully layered. I think it's one of the best hustler characters that I've seen mm-hmm. on screen. You know, yeah. um, so I'm going Midnight Cowboy and uh, runner-up man Diana Rigg. Yeah, Diana Rigg was perfect as Tracy Bond. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give her much love later. All right, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's another runner-up. So uh, that takes us to best lead. Best lead, um, Michael Caine. I thought. So that yeah, they're great leads, man. Um, Interesting. Uh, yeah, Paul Newman's great lead. John Voight's great lead. Um, and and you know what? Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I tied this category. Oh, did you? I was gonna okay. say I tied this category. It's Michael Caine, George Michael Lasseter? Caine, and George Lasseter. Oh, <laughs> <I'm so laughs> because okay, so Michael Caine because I I I think I think he's probably I like his performance the most out of anybody. You I got me excited. He's about charming. It. He's um, he's sophisticated. He's intelligent. He's also when he needs to be, he's very uh, very stern. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, with now, but I think he's the boring answer. I think the, I think the the fun answer is George Lazenby. I think George Lazenby's only crime is that he's not Sean Connery. Sean Connery, and that's, that's it. He, that he gets that's so it. much shit. They, the press was on him from the very beginning. Like, oh, he's not he's not even English. He's Australian. Yeah. He's not an actor. Did he's you a even model. think about that though when you were watching it? I didn't even no. When I, when I read about it later, I was like, oh shit, I guess he was Australian. Yeah. I didn't even think about because it because he, he does his best, and you know he's he's a not an, he's not an actor. He's a he's a model. Yeah. You know? Did your wife pick up um, on that at all? Did she? She watch didn't watch it. Okay. Okay. I'd be curious if she yeah. picked up on it. She so. No, and it's just, they were on him, you know, I think he was saying, you know, an interview with George where he was saying, you know, behind the scenes, um, you know, we were, we were all having a lot of fun. People, people said of George, like, he's, he's great on the set. You know what I mean? He's you know, a real physical actor. He uh, mm. gets on with the stunt crew. Yeah. You know, um, everybody, he's got great chemistry with people on the set. He's keeping up with people who are seasoned actors and he's yeah. learning from them. Um, and you know, they, you know, but the press is there, and they want it to be a big drama that Sean Connery is not there. So you know, uh, what's her name, Diana? Diana Rigg. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, you know, she had called out. You know, we're gonna do, we're gonna have a makeout scene or whatever. We're gonna have a love scene, and she's like, oh, I'm eating garlic in my spaghetti. Yeah. You know, I like, just kind of fucking with him, and, and she's like, you know, maybe you should eat some garlic too because we're gonna kiss. Uh-huh. But then the press takes that and puts it in the paper. And like, she's hot. Yeah. The the, pre- <laughs> the the press puts that in the paper as like, oh, you know, yeah. actress. Eats garlic, you know, just to spite yeah, him, you know. Like, yeah, fuck you, you know. Um, and I think that's ridiculous. And he only got what yeah. you know. The the film didn't do didn't do amazing yeah. in the box office, and they, you know, and supposedly and, it's the best frankly, adaptation of a Bond novel. Right, right. You know, it didn't do amazingly well, but this is the year that Wild Bunch came out, or not Wild, well, it is. <laughs> this yeah. is the year that Easy Rider came out. Yeah. This is the year that uh, Midnight Cowboy came out, yeah. and you know, even they were saying like, you know, this might be the last James Bond film. The, the, yeah. This is what people want to see now. Then this, there's no room for this. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that people didn't go see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they're like, you know, well, we had to make changes, so we cut the actor. Yeah. You know, where, where really George Lazenby didn't do anything wrong. George Lazenby did a good fucking job, yeah. in my opinion. I think so too. Uh, 
I think they said for he, they did a they did a test shoot just to see how he was in action scenes, and uh, he fought, he didn't know he doesn't because he's not an actor he doesn't yeah, know how to pull his punches yeah. and he fucking broke this dude's nose like he just like fucking lit this dude no up shit. punched this dude and then like the director came over like stepped over the guy's body and was like we're going with you yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean do you remember that scene on um, it was the uh, the assault on Pussy Palace yeah and he, he fucking slides he slides he slides I'm like dude they're pulling him on a yeah on a I'm thing. like that and fucking like, looks legit it's slick as fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah Um, no I yeah it pisses me off like people throw shit at like George Lazenby for, like, yeah, for what? For he, what? Because yeah. he wasn't Sean Connery. Because he's not Sean Connery. He's not That's Sean the Connery. only thing. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Alright, Matt, what do you think? Uh, so I'm going for best lead actor or actress. I'm going John Voight for Midnight Cowboy. Just uh, again, the dichotomy of his character, going back to that, is showing his cheery optimism, his cocky smile, awestruck's politeness and confident voice, standing tall and proud, and wearing his costume well when he's portraying this uh, cowboy stud character. But then when you see him in the in the love scenes, he's really seems uncomfortable, wounded, and just really down in the dumps. Uh, whenever he's asked to be with a man or he's failing to perform with a woman. And there are even times where he gets, like, really angry and defensive, which just shows just how traumatic that rape must have been for him. Um, as I mentioned before, Rizzo seems, Durazzo Rizzo seems to bring out a little more of his true personality because um, uh, Joe Buck seems a lot more comfortable with Rizzo than he does with anyone else. And it's just a multifaceted, layered performance, so it gets my uh, golden idol. Nice. So what did uh, the drunk chick say? Paul Newman as Butch Cassidy. Okay. Which I can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great performance. Yeah, safe pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, I was uh, I was willing to take some crap for this one, right? But uh, same, it seems like you and I, Nate, are on the same boat, so we'll see how this goes. But I was uh, I was gonna go with John Voight in Midnight Cowboy for best lead. Uh, but I changed it, man. Um, he's my runner-up. I'm going with my heart on this one, and I'm going George Lazenby for Her Majesty's Secret Service, man. He was criticized, you know, when he took this role. You know, people wanted to see Sean Connery, you know, and he was holding out for money, you know, and, and he came back after this one, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, now all these years later, I think that the movie and George's performance is, is well-regarded, you know. And uh, I would love to see what it could have been if he kept being Bond. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would love to see like next two or three with him. Mm. But on the same hand, I would love to see what Sean Connery sure. would have done with this cinematography, with mm-hmm. this story, with this the death of Tracy Bond, right? But uh I think I think he's probably my second favorite Bond. And you know, after Sean Connery, you know, he's Australian, which you know, is a little weird. <laughs> All right. But I think I think it works here. I think, you know, top three bonds off the top of my head, you know, is uh Sean Connery, George Lazenby, and you know, fucking Pierce Brosnan, only yeah. because that was my that was, I was my like, Pierce Brosnan probably my top, but I'm dude, 35. Yeah, like, exactly. He was my Bond. He's my Bond. Like, Gold, uh, you know, Goldeneye is one of my favorite Bond movies. It is. But my he, did, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I think Gold. Yeah, Gold. So I think this is my third favorite Bond movie. I think. I think it would go Goldfinger, Goldeneye, and then mm. you know, um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. But no, I man, he, he's he's physical. You know, he did most of his own stunts. You know, the most that he could. He's charming. I think he's the full package, man. I think. You know, for all those Bond fans, you know, that were asleep in 1969, yeah. I'm giving him Best Actor. Right. All right. That's where I'm going. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. So, Best Scene. Um, where are we going? Uh, it's me. Uh, best Scene. Uh, the opening card game scene 
in uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Oh, where, nice. You know, where they're sitting around. Yeah, the, first one. of all, I love that it's shot sepia in like tone. that sepia yeah. kind of, yeah. Um, it looks very Old West. And it's you, you haven't got a sense of who these characters are yet, but they're just kind of establishing mm-hmm. it, you know. And Sundance is just sitting there, and he's so fucking pissed. <laughs> he's like, he's like being accused of jail. Like, man, you're so good. I can't even tell how you're yeah. cheating. He's like, I didn't, I didn't cheat though. You know, like I didn't cheat. And and you know, like fucking Butch Butch steps in, and he's like, I just, I just love it. He's like, he's like, look, just, just tell him you can leave or whatever, and and, and we'll leave. It's totally cool. Um, but I think it's really it's that line at the end. Where, first of all, he's like, well, I didn't, I didn't know you were Sundance, you know. But it's, it's that line where he goes, hey, hey, kid, hey, kid. How, how good are you? And then like he hasn't even finished saying it, and he turns around, shoots the fucking gun <laughs> off of his hip, and shoots it across the like across the floor. Like, fuck yes, dude! Yeah. Like I am so into this, so into it already. That's cool. All right, Matt, where are you going? For my best scene, I'm going Easy Rider and the scene in the coffee shop. I just think it does a really good job, good job of encapsulating the conflict between the hippies and the rednecks. There's a balance of the aggression and fear. From every from uh, Captain America and Billy due to the rednecks and their playful flirtation with the young women, and also does a great job of building to the boiling point when they finally decide this is uh, this is enough. We're gonna if we stay here any longer, we're gonna get killed. So then they take off, um, and especially just because a lot of it was improvised, uh, the, the the dialogue. Um, the action and even the actors like it's from what it's on the documentary so I saw I felt like when they were in the diner um, Dennis Hopper kind of casted these redneck guys on the spot but it worked somehow so um, just for being a good job of encapsulating the movie as a whole uh, gets my, it gets my best scene alright so what did my drunk wife say she has Midnight Cowboy and remind me on this she says Sex scene montage ending okay. with money coming out. Is that where they're having sex and like their butts are hitting the channel changer? Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I think that was that was a good scene. Yeah. I don't think it would be my favorite scene personally, but the, the, I think that was a, a definitely a great scene for Midnight Cowboy. Mm. Yeah, it's the first time he gets fucked over, and yeah, uh, he yeah. has to he has to pay <laughs> for sex. Yeah. Um, it's the best scene. I'm going with on her Majesty's Secret Service, and I'm going with the death the death of Bond's wife, and uh, man. She gets shot in the car on her wedding day. Mm-hmm. You see a, a, a tiny bullet hole in the glass and, a, and and blood on her head. And then an officer comes up, you know, and Bond is, is James Bond's holding her. And he says, it's all right. She's having a rest. There's no hurry. We have all the time in the world. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, dude. It's such a great scene. You know, it could have taken, like, three or four of my awards. It could have taken... Best, best kill scene, right. defining moment, fucking etc. But you know, and then afterwards, though, man, there's there's uh, there's no revenge, right? It's just this this hard cut to the credits, right? It's such a real moment, you know. I think it's the only time you see Bond crying. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. You, know you know what? He's emotional, right? Yeah. And you know, I see James Bond crying, emotional. I'm crying. Everyone's crying, you know, and I buy 100% that this is the woman that he fell in love with. Yeah. You know, Diana Rigg is so good in this, and it's just such an emotional moment for the series, you know, and it kind of fills in why James Bond 
is why he is. Right. You know, because this was like the seventh movie in. Yeah. 40 years later, I understand why James Bond is kind of like a womanizer, right? Why he doesn't settle down, because he had, he had that one. They tried to do it again with Vesper Lind in Casino Royale with the new Did one. they? Because they okay. rebooted it. Right I don't remember it that way. Okay. But this, the, she works so mm. well. Yeah, I and, agree. And, like, I believe that James Bond would have a hard time settling down after this. Sure. The character, yeah, you know, yeah. not the actors, right? And this is such a great moment, um, such an emo- uh, an, uh, an emotional moment in a franchise. I fucking loved it. Um, I've watched this scene probably, man, ten times. <laughs> you know, n- not the not the part where Blowfield yeah. is in a neck brace. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after that, I, I I really you know legitimately love this scene. So that's mm-hmm. where I'm going. Um, that takes us to the defining moment. My defining moment. So in Wild Bunch, during that very first shootout, um, where there's like the temperance movement, there's like the parade, and they 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 have a big shootout with the bank robbery. Yeah. Um, in the middle of that shootout, there are these two kids that are just like holding on to each other in the street. You know what I mean? And I think it it, it stays with them for a while, right? It's just the right, two right of them. At the beginning. Right in the beginning. Just the two of them kind of hold. There's a Not boy, the ones a boy fucking up the scorpion. It might be the same kids <laughs> later. Right, but it's those kids in the middle of the shootout. They're just in the middle of this, and it, it actually it stays with them for a while, Brad. Okay. And then it cuts away, and it's really they're just looking around, and it's it's very much like they're just fucking kids. You know what I mean? And they're they're in the middle of a fucking shootout. There's there's people being fucking their heads are getting blown off, and there's fucking explosions, yeah, and there's shit running everywhere. Like, and and it's just like I don't know. I like westerns. You don't often see that in a western where you see like. This, there's a kid watching this though. You know what I mean? Like this is these are this yeah, these yeah. are family members. They're community. Like you know these big cool shootouts that you see. Like these are people. Yeah. You know. I don't remember um, that scene per se, but I like how you explain it. So. I yeah. I that that's that's what sticks with me about okay. you know about about the marathon. All right, Matt. Where are you going? So my defining moment is going to Easy Rider for the opening credit sequence to Born to be Wild. It's what I think about when I think about both Easy Rider and the marathon. Uh, the music's on point. The cinematography is on point. The landscape looks great. It's just an iconic scene. Sticks with me, so it's getting my defining moment. All right. What did April say? Uh, it says, and i got to kind of read her notes here. Wild Bunch says, after falling off of the horse... And being chastised by men, getting back on the horse, and oh, okay. walking off in the distance toward Mexico. Do you remember that? Not especially. Okay, so it's the uh, the, the it's the leader of the wild bunch. Okay. And uh, they're all kind of making fun of him. And he falls off, and oh, okay. He shows that he can still. He do tries this. to get on the horse, and the thing falls off. Yeah, but okay. he still gets on. I got it's you. Like I'm the leader. Yep. Yeah, I got this. That, yeah, that's that's okay. really cool. I do like that. Um, I don't know if it would make it even a runner up for me. I. I dig it, though. Um, okay. I'm going with Easy Rider. I'm kind of like echoing uh, Matt here, but I'm going with the the opening watch scene. So it's the opening of the movie, but at the beginning of the movie, uh, Wyatt, Captain America, he takes off his watch, all right, and he throws it to the ground, all mm-hmm. right? And this is one of my favorite words that I've ever done, all right? He's free of time. He's free of obligation. You know, there's no deadlines. It's just him and the open road, you know? It doesn't matter, you know... You know, when you get where you're going, all right, you know, you don't work tomorrow, you don't got shit to do, all right? It, it's it's my number one, like, bucket list thing where travel at your own pace, mm-hmm. you know? It's it, it, it's just a cool thought, like, right, with, with, my, with my wife and I, 
I, I just want to drive. I want to. I don't care if it's a bike. I don't care if it's a jeep. I just want to get on the open road, and I don't want someone telling me I have to be back tomorrow. Right. You know, it's just me in the open road, and it's like two weeks, three weeks. When when are we gonna get to California? It doesn't fucking matter. Right. We're gonna stop at every dive bar on the way there, and time does not exist. You know, mm. it's just this, the freedom of the road and the uh, the idea of that. It's beautiful to me. I, it, it's romantic. The, the idea of it is is beautiful, and I, I will say I like it in other movies. I, one of my favorite things about Yojimbo is it opens up with like he's just walking around and he throws his sword up in the air, and wherever it lands and points, like that's the way he's going to walk. Yeah. I love that. That's a very romantic sort of yeah. notion of yeah. sort of wandering around and adventuring and just kind of experiencing yeah. life. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, I I, this is the first... So this is the first award I've given to Easy Rider. Right? Yeah. But that opening of Easy Rider is so... I real, like the idea of Easy Rider. Yeah. I do not like this well, movie. Well, I, like, I don't like the idea of getting fun. on my bike and then getting fucked up. No, no, I like the <laughs> idea. Know, I the like what of, it represents. What are you doing, motherfucker? Yeah. You know? What are you doing, you fucking long-haired <laughs> fan? Like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah that's why. fucked up, right? Which yeah. was interesting, though, because, like, you know, easy. It's uh, you know, both and I are you and I are both fans of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Yeah. You, you, I think you liked it a little bit more than I did, but um, in that movie, you know, hippies are looked down at, right? Which yeah. I think was a, a '69 kind of thing, and I think that's the same thing here in Easy Rider, right? Where these guys are getting blown off their bikes because they represent something a little bit different, right? Yeah. That Vietnam era, right? That. I get, and I get that. It just seems so like loose. It is. It loose, seems yeah. so like forced, and like they don't. Even, yeah. First of all, one of the dudes looks like fucking evil Knievel with his fucking. He doesn't look like a hippie. Yeah. yeah. The other dude looks like a hippie, but he doesn't look like a fucking like enough to fucking shoot the guy and yeah. like run him out of fucking town. Like I have such a weird relationship with Easy Rider. Like if you told me tomorrow. You know, hey, dude, let's hang out, man. I'm in town. Let's watch Easy Rider and drink some beers. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know, cool. It's not it's not my favorite. It's not my least favorite. It's in the middle there, you know, but it's it's still kind of cool, you know? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Okay. Man. I don't I don't hate it, but I can see why you had issues with it. There's so many and there's the, I like it's like it's nineteen sixty nine. It's not fucking it's not 1869, and when they're driving around, they're like, where are, you, where are you boys from? Or from L.A.? What's L.A.? It's 1969, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't yeah. there. I definitely won't I fight you for like... it. I won't fight you for it. All right. <laughs> All right. That takes us to our next category, which is Best Director. I had John Schleslinger, right, for okay. Midnight Cowboy. I think that this is a very personal story for him, right? So that he came out as gay about this time. I want to say that he was in a relationship with one of the producers, and the, and the name escapes me at the moment. But um, the two of them really fought about, like, like you know, showing their relationship even like around the set, and it's like, you know, sh- is, you know, because it's not seen as a very cool thing right now. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, but it was like this was this was an empowering thing for them, you know, you know, because it was like, look. If people on the set don't fucking like it, I'm the director. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're yeah. the producer. Fuck them. Uh, yeah. You know, and and so, and I, I think, think it's an important movie for sure. Yeah. I think I think it's a, I think that this is a very raw film. I think it's a very like important film. Yeah. To to I people in, in that community, and I think that um, you know, in, in the end, I want to say that he had a he had a conversation with John Voight where he was saying like, like look. We, we shouldn't have done it. You know what no. I mean? Like, like it, it, having regrets. It's like I've exposed myself too much, and uh, now I feel reg- I regret it. 
you know, yeah. maybe I sh- maybe I've done too much and I've ruined everyone's careers by putting you in this film. And John Voight had to pull him back and be like, "Look, no matter what else we do in our lives, we made art." Yeah, you know, and so cool. we we should just respect that. You know, like, you you uh, you just spoke about regrets, and uh, I don't know if there's been a movie. I mean, we've been doing marathons for like what fucking two or three years, yeah. and verses and in podcast. I don't know if there's been a movie that I regret not watching a second time. Mm-hmm. I think Midnight Cowboy. It didn't. I, I think it got a. It got a few of my awards for sure. It, it it won't take the top honor, but it's that movie that. It's kind of, I've been wrestling with. It's in my head. I wish I had more time to watch it a second time. I regret not being able to watch it a second time. Okay. So, um, so Matt, what do you say, bro? I am for best director. I'm going with Easy Riders. Dennis Hopper. I think his improvisational style really works in this film. There's a documentary feel in some of the scenes, especially the parades and the commune circle where he's like going around just slowly and so you can see everyone's face. I mean, they're looking, it's blank stares, but somehow he really manages to, to show their real selves, I felt, in that scene. It's like, I think it really worked really well. Uh, he has good instincts about the non-professional actors he casts. And I want to end on this um, directorial note he gives to Pierre Fonda. It's when he and the prostitutes are having sex in the graveyard and, uh, Dennis Hopper says to Peter Fonda, like when he's hugging that statue, to think about his mother's suicide. And Fonda's like really resistant because that's like a big secret. And he doesn't want that to get out. He's like really adamant about that. He tells Dennis Hopper that. But eventually Dennis Hopper says, hey, I'm the director. What I say goes. And I guess he is authoritative enough because Fonda says, okay, yeah, you're right. And uh, But I think it turns out that that's a good instinct because that scene plays out really well. And uh, there's just a lot of other instances of, of that. Um, how, you know, the, a lot of it's cinematography of, um, I think, Laszlo Kovacs, but just the staging of the scenes of uh, being motorcycling down the road that leads to the cinematography and some of those shots. Um, he just does a really great job with it, so he's getting my uh, best director. Nice. Hey, Matt, would you have sex in a graveyard? Uh, probably not, no. <laughs> what about you, Nate? No, I'll take you right get it, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right with you, Nate. <laughs> All right, what's April say? Uh, best director, she had Dennis Hopper for Easy Rider. All right, nice. So she's uh, kind of echoing Matt, right? She was, she's with Matt on most of these, it seems like. Okay, so I'm going best director. I'm going with Sam Peckinpah. All right, for Wild Bunch, man. I gave uh, Changing right, Cinema to Easy Rider and Midnight Cowboy. But, man, this guy took Westerns to the next fucking level, man. It's violent <laughs> as hell, yeah. man. And he might be the father of ultra-violence, <laughs> all right? Um, remember, man, this was before Scorsese and Tarantino, man. Right. Look, I mean, I've seen, I've seen bloodier, you know, like movies, but this was 1969. 170 kills, <laughs> I, I think it's what I've seen for like the last... Yeah. I think that's the, the number I've seen for the last act, right? Alone, right? Right. Let's just say it's the whole movie, though. Fuck it, man. 170 kills, you know? But I'm not giving this, um, you know, best director for just being ultra-violent, man. You know, he had some style, man. He, he's like the American white bread, all right? John Woo, all right? <laughs> he, he uses slow motion, fast cuts, crash zooms... 
different lenses, you know, I think he definitely reinvented the Western genre, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, can you imagine this same year? Okay, let me, let me frame this, all right? Mm-hmm. This same year, you're going and you're watching True Grit with John Wayne, yeah. all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Like I've said, I've seen bloodier movies, right? But True Grit versus Wild Bunch in, in, in intensity... And fucking gore and violence. I mean, I, I think he changed the Western genre with this movie. Maybe violence in cinema in general. Mm. So I had to go Sam Peck and Ball. Okay. Um, that takes us to Worst Picture. That takes us to Wild, wild card, card, I think. Right? Mm. Is it Wild Card? Yeah, it should be Wild Card. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, so for me, this was the... Uh, the big revelation award, okay? And really? so sometimes you you watch films, and I mentioned this earlier, but you watch films and, and you like, I've never, let's say I've never seen this film before, and this film is referenced in other things that you like, and then you and then you watch it and you're like, oh, that's where that's from. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I love Mallrats, right? I love La Force is the same, like La Force and Mallrats, the cop that's like, I already even got two kills. You know, like, uh, that's the same, what's the spiritual ancestor or whatever of LaFour's. Rage. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Of LaFour's, <laughs> you know, the, the super cop that chases Butch and, Butch and, uh, uh Butch and Sundance. Like, it's just crazy. Like, I, all my whole life, I've loved Mallrats, and I never knew that this, that LaFour's, I always thought he was fucking, he's a cool yeah. fucking super cop in the mall. But that that he's a that's a that's a butch that's a butch and Sundance reference. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just never knew that. Do you ever so wish like, that that was the, the the guy who hunted them down at the end though? Yeah, that's so like with Butch and Sundance. I was like, yeah, because it was like uh, it's been a week since I've watched it. Wasn't the Mexican village that hunted them down, or they they, they it's the Bolivian it army? But yeah. it wasn't the guy in the white hat. I mean, he's there. I mean, is he's he, he's there? not in the final scene that I've okay. seen. Yeah, but he is there in Bolivia. I kind of wish that he was. There, yeah, like right there. Yeah, like he took the final shot or something. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, because uh, it's kind of this weird, like cowboy, like it's, it's this western, like it follows, right? Yeah, like no matter how far you go, like that motherfucker is right that. on you. And like, he, yeah, you can't shake him. You can't fucking you can't shake, shake him. him. They, they the split thing. the horses in different directions. And that's why, like Wild Bunch versus <laughs> Butch Cassidy would have been a great, you know, yeah. versus because you know he can't shake his partner. Yeah, his partner knows where he's going every fucking like you know every part of the way, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, Matt, where are you going? So for my wild card, I noticed that women are, aren't treated very well in most of these films. Um, they're either prostitutes, sex objects, and their storylines depend heavily on men. Uh, but I think the character that most stood out to me as having her own agency was Tracy in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, especially as portrayed by Diana Rigg. Uh, she can handle herself behind the wheel of a car during the car chase sequence in the, the car race. She can handle herself uh, skiing on the slopes next to James Bond. And even bitch. in the fight, like when she slams that attacker against a bed of nails. Oh, so yeah. it's no surprise that James Bond wants to marry her. And it makes it even that more tragic when she dies at the end of the film. She's probably one of the better, uh, definitely one of the better Bond girls. And uh, it was a big surprise for me. And uh, I definitely wanted to highlight um, at least some positive female character in all these films. So that's where I'm going with my wild card. Nice. So what's so what's this award called? Uh, Best depiction of a woman award. Nice, nice. 
What, what did April have to uh, say? I'm not sure exactly which one is her number one, but they're all from Butch and Sundance. So all of her wild cards seem to be from Butch and Sundance. But she's got, I don't know which one's her top one, but best costume, Butch Cassidy. Best mustache, Robert Redford. Best sexy eyes appears to be a tie <laughs> between Paul Newman and oh, Robert Redford. <laughs> well, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it counts as a tie. But any for, for what for what it's worth, it, the point goes to Butch and Sundance. Man, I feel so so sorry for April on this because right now she's miserable. You know, she's puking <laughs> in a bucket. Okay. Yeah. Um, she did not like any of these movies okay really? like not really right she was like i was really happy to come like she was really excited to talk with you and you know all of us and like about <laughs> movies and and it just didn't work out that way tonight <laughs> all right she, but she had this to in her opinion suffer through six fucking movies two weeks she's been like i gotta watch this shit tonight right she watched this like, oh, shit that was all shit and now she's puking in a fucking bucket you know, so yeah. you know what? So whatever. But my wild card, uh, Matt, I'm gonna kind of piggyback off you. I'm gonna change it a little bit. But uh, my wild card is best Bond girl award, right? Okay. And yep. uh, I wanted to give Diana Riggs uh, best supporting actress, right? But uh, Dustin Hoffman earned. Yeah, it. I had to yeah. give him, yeah, yeah. you know, best uh, best supporting. Um, but she's such a great actress. You know, some would know her. I don't even know if you know this, Nate. Some would know her as she's current. Did you know that? Huh? She's old lady Tyrell in Game of Thrones. Shut the fuck up! Yeah. Is she really? Yeah, old oh, lady wow. Tyrell in Game of Thrones. Huh? She's great in that man. She's great in that show. But as a Bond girl, I think wow, she's wow. Yeah, right. The one that killed Joffrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, but as a Bond girl, I think she's sexy. Jesus, she's sexy. <laughs> okay, so there's that, there's a couple cleavage shots. Yeah. She's sexy, and she's badass, and I see why, out of, you know, what, 30, I don't know, fucking 40, 50 years of Bond, I see why this is the one, right, that James Bond married, you know, and Diana Rigg as an actress, as a character, is my favorite Bond girl. I am so comfortable in saying that, man. She's so damn likable and memorable. Do I fell in love with her, man. Mm. You know, I would suggest, like, watch this again. She is a highlight of this movie. Yeah, and yeah. I am so attracted yeah. to her, you know, as a viewer. I'm like, she's fucking amazing. You know, old lady Tyrell. You didn't know that? I did not know that, but can, I, mean, yeah, I can, can see can, it now. Can you yeah. see it? Yeah. 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 Fucking the chick that killed Joffrey, yeah. man. She's fucking amazing in this. And... Yeah, so I'm going on huh. Her Majesty's Secret Service, right? That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. that takes us to our last cat. Well, no, do we have another one? We have worst picture. Worst in picture, there. yeah. Okay. Richard Brown. Okay, worst picture. It's Easy Rider by a long shot. <laughs> Is it really? Oh my god! I didn't hate uh, it, but I I get it. So I will never watch this movie okay. ever again. Um, if it comes up in another marathon, you count me out. <laughs> I do not <laughs> want to watch that marathon. I'm on vacation, Brad. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna play. There are there, <laughs> there are very few films. I mean, I'll, I you know I watch a lot of shit, um, and I like a lot of pretentious shit. You know that. Yeah. I like I like a lot of pretentious shit. Um, but wow, man, Easy Rider is some pretentious shit. Like it's um, I I can en- I can enjoy it for what it represents, for yeah. what it means, especially for the uh, the independent and value, for the right? and for the independent. Yeah, that it's an independent yeah. film. Really, um, I find it. 
unbelievably boring. Um, grating. The music. The, I. I don't. I think there are good songs in it. I think there are horrible songs in it, uh-huh. and I think that they're just thrown together and it's like a fucking grab bag of shit like I fucking <laughs> I do and I don't I don't buy uh, a lot of the dialogue you know what I mean like against the 1969 I buy it I buy it in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood you know that that's what I imagine but not like uh, driving around and be like what's LA yeah. you know like you you're, you just you just fucking go into a town and everyone's like there's a bunch of rednecks ride you at you oh you long haired fags and like fucking shoot you on the side of the road like you just I don't know dude like what is it even about like it's a, it's you, there's a drug deal yeah yeah and I'm then they're driving it. to yeah. Florida uh, and then they get yeah. shot like. So yeah, no, hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue this at all with you. I get it. It's not my worst, okay? But I, uh, you know what? Do you know what I see in it? And it's not from you know it's beginning to like middle, not exact end. But I see freedom in this movie. Where I'm, like, I see, fr- I can understand that, but I see it in so many other yeah. films. Like I see it in Yojimbo, so yeah, yeah. much better. Uh, yeah. So like halfway through, I'm like, that's the American dream. That's what I want to do. I don't care if it's a, it's it's a bike or a jeep. I just want to get my friends. Or my wife, mm-hmm. and I want to go, and I want to drive. But then they get fucking hit, and, right? You know, fucking shot. I don't want that. You know, that sucks. Yeah. You know, I would do LSD with a hot chick in the fucking cemetery. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but what right, Matt? Uh, so for worst picture, I am going with the Italian job. <laughs> I really thought most of the characters were very boring and mostly served as plot devices, except for Charlie Croker. I felt that the char- car chase and the finale are really the main highlights and redeeming factors of the movie. I mean, it's an amusing movie. It's a fun movie to an extent, but I just couldn't get behind it. And, and it was pretty close. And as I just, uh, yeah, I couldn't like it. So it gets my worst picture. All right. What did April say? April has worst picture Midnight Cowboy. Wow. No explanation given, wow. but Midnight Cowboy. Hmm. That's really interesting to me. Um... So I'm going to echo Matt again, and I'm going Italian job, man. I will never watch this movie again, man. I think I fell asleep like fucking six times, man. It's I like elements of it. like I like the idea, kind of, of the heist, right? <laughs> I like the planning of the heist, kind of, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the three little Mini Coopers, you know, very iconic. Anytime I see sure. a Mini Cooper, right? Um, there was one in our parking lot at work today. I'm like, I just want to grab that and I want to rob shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, like yeah. the Mini Cooper's fucking bad. It's iconic but man, not much worked for me, man. And it sucks because I wanted to like this movie so much, man. I don't have a heist movie. I don't think, right? In my bag, right? Yeah. I don't have a favorite heist movie and you know, it's not a total loss though because this, Nate, has inspired a uh, heist <laughs> marathon next year. Okay. You know? I you know I want to know what's my favorite heist movie right okay. is it Heat it's not fucking Italian job because we ain't watching this shit this shit ain't going in the fucking <laughs> marathon I tell you that right okay. now but um, yeah I'm going Italian job for okay. worst picture dude this movie fucking blew <laughs> so bad so on the best picture yeah uh, is that be- yeah best picture Italian job <laughs> oh you I really, motherfucker I, really do, man. I had so much fun with Italian <laughs> job dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was it was down. It was going to be an uh, Italian job or on Her Majesty's. That's the service. biggest surprise I think I've had all year, dude. <laughs> I so I watched. This is the order that I, I watched Midnight Cowboy, um, and I so I watched. It was the first one I watched, and I was like. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you know I was like, I gotta sit on this. this is I watched. Wild. I want to say I watched Easy Rider next, and I just I was like, fuck me, I hate this. Uh, <laughs> we watched Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid brought me back up a little bit. Okay, we watched the the Wild Bunch, which I don't love. Yeah, I a lot don't of love, love that. And we're both um, huge Western fans, right. and we're and we don't. I struggled. With I did it. too. I did too. Um. Honor Majesty's Secret Service was the next one. Re- really liked it, yeah. but it's very long. Yeah. It's like it's long. Uh, Italian Job was the last movie I watched. Thoroughly enjoyed it all the way through, and it's quick. It's like an hour and a half compared to a lot of these films. It's pretty snappy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it gets to the point. Um, this is of all the films on this list. If someone said to me, "Hey," What movie should I watch from 1969? Yeah. I would say Italian Job over yeah. anything else on that list. I'm not going to suggest Midnight Cowboy to I, somebody that I don't know shit yeah. about. I thought Italian Job was gayer than Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> Dude, I fucking <laughs> loved Italian Job. I really did. Dude, I wanted to love it. I, I, I really did. I adored this movie. Well, that's cool, man. <laughs> so, Matt, what do you think? Uh, my best picture is Easy Rider. It took eight of my awards, including this one. I think it's also strong in a lot of other categories. Location, the desert highways. Uh, a pretty strong duo in uh, Captain America and and Billy. Um, pretty Some pretty cool kills. like not, not exciting or enjoyable kills, but um, they're solid and effective, and they do their job. Um, I also want to mention, I didn't get to mention earlier, but I really liked, uh, Jack Nicholson's performance as George in this. Like, it's a very yeah. un-Jack Nicholson performance when you think about it with the other work he's done. Like, he's this kind of like a menacing, devious character most of the time, but here he's like, his once devious grin is like goofy, and he just, he really inhabits the character very well. I mean, he got like an Oscar nomination for it. And that's what, like, well-deserved. Um, but, yeah, there's just so much to like about it. I think that um, Dennis Hopper's instincts are really good. As I mentioned in the Director Award, it is an important cultural artifact because it's one of the only films that talks about uh, the counterculture from the counterculture point of view. I mean, it's not like It's not like some ignorant um, studio chiefs are making this movie and they don't know what they're talking about. This is like straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, and it's in, like, the National Regist- Film Registry, like, for a very good reason. Um, it really just connected to me really strongly, uh, so it gets my best picture. Nice, nice. What did April yeah. say? April says that her runner-up was Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, but that her pick was Easy Rider for best Wow, picture. really? Did you guys see that post? Um, I saw I posted on Instagram where she's singing... Head on on the highway. <laughs> and she's like drinking a beer. She was so she was drunk that night. Sure. We get drunk on the weekend. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, if I had any ties left, I would tie Her Majesty's Secret Service and Midnight Cowboy. Okay. All right. But I don't. On Her Majesty's Secret mm. Service is the movie that I enjoyed the most, man. Um, I've been asleep on this one, man. Um, it definitely has its problems. Okay. But, uh, you know, this is a quality Bond movie, man. A top five. Maybe top three. I think I would probably go um, GoldenEye. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, sorry. You would get gold gold finger, finger. Golden, golden eye. eye. And then I think I would go this one. I think those would be my top. Those top would be my three. top three. But but my I, golden eye is my favorite. Okay. Then, it, then it would probably be Goldfinger, and then Honor Majesty's Secret Service. So yeah, we're, yeah, so we're a little bit different. But I want to try. Yeah. Have you seen this one before? To, uh, this, yeah, this I, you don't know. I don't know that you know this about me. Okay. I'm a big Bond fan. I have every Bond film on so VHS. You've seen these. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. This is my first time watching this because I'm like George Lazenby. Fuck him. You know, he's, yeah. he's, you know, I had that, that opinion, right? But I think George Lazenby is a great Bond, man. I think uh, Diana Rigg, all mm-hmm. right, old lady uh, Tyrell, yeah. is my favorite Bond girl now. She is fucking solid. And so I looked up, like, top ten favorite Bond girls, right? Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I don't remember all of the yeah. last 40 fucking years of Bond girls. Diana Reed came in like number one, number two. I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah, she did. Because she's amazing, right? Um, Telly Savalas yeah. is my favorite Blowfield. I think underrated. Because Blowfield like, should be a huge character in the Bond universe. And they shit the bed, I think. Yeah. Every time they, they introduce Blowfield. They never... Go ahead. Yeah, and I think I think Telly Savalas is the guy who is like... That's Blowfield to me, you know? Blowfield in the, in the books is like a... He's just, he's fucking enormous, and he's like he's an excellent like fighter. He's basically fucking kingpin. Yeah, right. Like, like uh, yeah. Spider Verse kingpin, just a big fucking fridge of a yeah. guy. You know and I everyone mean? that like, casts like Donald Pleasance, like <clears throat> I love Donald Pleasance on Hall- in Halloween, where it's like you know I shot him six times, <laughs> I shot him six times. It's like he's the he, he's the one that's hunting Michael Myers. Like I, for whatever reason, you know, you know, mm. I I believe that. I believe Donald Plus is the guy that's hunting yeah. like fucking Mile, Michael Myers, right? But uh, I don't, I don't believe he's Blowfield. You know, I believe yeah. he's like, uh, you know, he's a dipshit. When I when <laughs> I see him as Blowfield, man. Um, but you know, so besides that, the overall score I think is great. Um, yeah. It has one of my favorite Bond songs of all time. Like I love Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Golden Eye. Yeah, I love that song, right? But uh, we have all the time in the world is not just a a Bond song to me, like I've, mm. yeah, like we we. So my wife and I were drunk. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we we danced um, in the living room to this. It was like you know, it's like we have all the time in the world, right? It's yeah. like it's just a beautiful song, a song, man. And the uh, the stunts and the Alps are great, man. They actually had, they put cameras on Olympic skiers. Yeah. And you watch he's like, skiing backwards, recording I, everything. Yeah, it's fucking I, insane. I can't remember. What movie it was, but I think it was a Roger Moore movie. Where they're they're in the Alps or they're skiing. I I don't know where they are, but they're skiing downhill and it just looks like shit. Yeah, they're right? phoning it in. They're phoning it yeah. in, right? And here you see like fucking you you can tell you can tell people are skiing downhill with a fucking camera on them. Man. It's fucking perfect, man. Um, I I, I posted on Facebook. Some of my favorite shots. Yeah. You know, uh, the cinematography. The helicopter shots. Oh my stuff. God, yeah. the assault yeah. on Pussy Palace. There's <laughs> yeah. like the sunset shots. There's the beach shots, yeah. right? Where he's he's bringing Diana Rigg out of the fucking ocean, Tracy Bond, you mm. know? And there's the overhead shot. Man, there's, there's some really great shots in this. And uh, the final moment between Bond and his wife, it could have taken best kill, best scene, defining moment, best song. I mean... I think there's a lot going on for this movie. Like I said, it has its problems. Sure. Okay, for a fucking sure. If you told me, like, this is... April watched it. She's like, this is kind of stupid. <laughs> there's moments that are fucking stupid, okay? But I really dug this movie, man. And I hope more people give it a chance. Um, yeah. And this is... Dude, this is Christopher Nolan's yeah. favorite Bond movie? 
I understand. Well, they do away with a lot of the gadgets. Yeah. yeah he has gadgets in this movie, like but they're toned down. He has gadgets, yeah. but they're toned down. They're more realistic gadgets. Yeah, and it's, I don't know how I feel about it because I love gadgets. Well, That's the problem with yeah. Daniel Craig movies. It's like, you Well, know, I don't want no gadgets, but I think that it's yeah. good that he has more realistic gadgets. Yeah, and I think this is this is the movie that I enjoyed the most only because, you know, it is, it's, it's there's moments that I really connect with and I'm like, that's legit. Mm-hmm. But then there's other moments where I'm like, that's so fucking crazy. But on the, you know, so crazy that I enjoyed it for a different reason, like James Bond reading a Playboy, you yeah. know, or James Bond fucking ten chicks and, and pussy pallets and then proposing <laughs> and then proposing to Tracy Bond, or yeah. even the Bob, even the mob boss, right? It was like, you know, I need a guy like you to really fuck my dog. Oh my god, yeah, no, <laughs> that was gonna be a wonder fuck. I forgot to write that down, yeah. but it was like, you know. Yeah, like you need to really fuck I her. really need a guy like you to just to fuck, fuck my, my daughter. daughter. Just really, really drive it in. Like, like, and she'll she'll you know drive it in and she'll fucking respect you. And that's what my daughter needs, you know? So it was really weird because there's moments that I really, really thought was like quality. Yeah. And then other moments where I'm like, this is so stupid, I'm having fun. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a great combination of both. So alright guys. Um any comments before we take a break? I don't think so. Where's April? Where's April? I imagine she's upstairs puking in a bucket. <laughs> Dude, she, we, we got drunk last night at a uh, fucking football game. Yeah. And, you know, we were both fine, you know? And, uh, shit, tonight she had yeah. two drinks. No, we yeah, we were out. It was not a big deal, I thought. It wasn't. When I, I got here just after you guys, and you were like, uh... Yeah, we're gonna maybe she's she's throwing up, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. that's weird. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, she'll be down in a second. All right, yeah. It's like, and then yeah. we we just kept waiting, and it was like, I don't think she's coming down, dude. Yeah, like, it was <laughs> like we had we had like you know we we met a couple like two hours before this yeah. podcast. I'm like, you know, she's uh, you know we, you were there, you know, yeah. we were out having fun, we we're having a blast, and then it's like you show up at the house, and um, I meet you at the door. And I'm like, April's dead. <laughs> it's, it's, it's she's like, fucking dead like, <laughs> Jesus Christ five minutes ago <laughs> alright Matt any comments before we take a break uh, I had a lot of fun with these movies I know I didn't like Under Magistrate's Secret Service as much as you guys but I'm definitely going to give another watch because uh, I, think it, I mentioned I think um, it, it got better as it went along I liked the end of it a lot more like the skiing sequences um, of course, the death of Tracy Bond is really, um, really touching and really hits home. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with this marathon. All right, guys, let's take a break. Uh, we will count April's drunk idols. Mm-hmm. We'll count our idols and uh, we will be right back with the results. All right, we are back. Before we tell you tonight's winner, let's mm-hmm. talk about the Facebook poll. Nathan, mm-hmm. who won the Facebook poll? All right, well, we go from the bottom, right? Uh, Easy Ride got three. <laughs> so, yeah, Easy Ride got three votes. That's dead last. Uh, Midnight Cowboy had seven. The Italian Job had ten. Wild Bunch at 14. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, second place, 14 votes. Second place? Well, I guess it tied second place with Wild Bunch. Okay. And then uh, Butch and Sundance took it away 38 it's way way out ahead um so who won the golden idol you want me to go from the bottom to the top yeah let's go bottom to top tonight our our fucking votes so let's looks like uh, last place would have been the italian job with we didn't count up the votes for that but i think it's about 
four points. It deserved last place, in my opinion. <laughs> that movie sucked. It's about, I hate about four it. points. That was the movie that April circled and said to me, it's like, this sucks. <laughs> it blows my mind. I had such a fun time with it. Um, second place was a tie. Butch and Sundance and uh, Midnight Cowboy. Hmm. So I would have thought those were the front runners, right? Okay. Um, second, where are we at? Uh, then it would be Wild Bunch, 14 okay. points. Second place on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And just ahead of that is Easy Rider with 17 points. Boo. Yeah, that's kind of my, that's kind of my sentiment on it as well. Uh, all right, guys. It looks like Easy Rider, right, is the Golden Idol winner. All right, by a few points. So it's the only movie that matters at this point. So does it deserve Pantheon? Does Easy Rider, right? <laughs> Fucking Peter Fonda. He just died, okay? <laughs> that was kind of what we, yeah. Well, that didn't, was, wasn't that kind of what sparked the marathon, right? I think, was I like, think, I think Tarantino, we were going to do yeah. this, but then it was like, oh, Peter Fonda died. Let's yeah, get a Peter there was, Fonda. There's there so many sparks. There yeah. was the Peter Fonda, there was the Tarantino 1969, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So the, there was a lot of sparks, but Easy Rider, dude. Yeah. It's a fucking classic. All right. Does, it is. It is. Yeah. So. Do we even have what April would say? What, so uh, what, what did April say for Easy Rider? Because so we have to have a unanimous vote at the table for it to get kicked up to Pantheon. Well, she gave it best film. Oh, so she... She gave it best film. Okay. The, the trick here for a uh, kind of a shortcut is everyone at the table has to <clears> agree. Okay? So I think it's a safe bet that, that April would say yes. Okay. That's one that would get it kicked up. Not saying it's okay. Pantheon, but it would get kicked up, uh, kicked up to the council, right? Okay. Um, so, Matt, what do you think? Easy Rider, do you think it should be kicked up to the council? I would have also, I also say yes. It just resonated with me. I, I, I have a feeling it definitely did not resonate with both of you guys, but it did with me. Uh, the only ne- negative I would have said would have been the characters. I didn't quite think it had strong characters. I mean... The screenplay, yes, it was improvised, so it's not quite as strong as the other screenplays, but I think everything in the film worked, and what put it over the top was the cinematography, acting was still really strong, uh, locations, music, um, and also the fact that it's an important cultural artifact being um, a really one of the only representations of the counterculture of the 60s, so yeah, I would have given it a kick up. Okay, so that's... So what said, yes. Yeah, big yes. So that's two. Two yeah. yes for Pantheon. Yeah. Do you want to go or me? Look, um, I think that it's an important film, okay? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's important for independent films. I think there's more to talk about that we haven't talked about, right? I think, like... If you so like they do a job in the beginning when when they when they turn over when they do the drug deal they do they work with the government right I mean it's like the the, the guy, Phil Spector the, the the he comes in and plays that agent or whatever my understanding is that they they anyway they're basically employed by the government in a sense like they they did the job for them that's where they got the money and I think that's ultimately why they had to die, where it was like they're kind of sellouts in this culture. And like, like easy right, and an easy writer is like the lover of a prostitute, right? Like a like a prostitute's boyfriend or whatever. Um, and I think that maybe is kind of tying into their relationship with the government. You know what I mean? And like, look, look, I think that's, 
I just can't fucking stand this movie. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't I want to sound uncultured. I don't want to sound uneducated about it. I try to put myself in the mindset of someone who was there and try to appreciate the time that it came yeah. out in. But I just, if I have a top five least favorite films of all time, this would be wow. on really? the list. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to wow, fucking see strong. this movie ever yeah. again. Like, <laughs> so, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that strong, okay? But Easy Rider is a movie that I respect the soundtrack and I respect the, uh, like, it got my defining moment, right? Where you throw the watch on the ground. It's like mm-hmm. I have no obligation. Time does not exist. I'm just going to enjoy the open road. That's as romantic, as 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 Western as you can get, right? Uh, the performances, and I, 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 you know, I really respect the uh, the independent, like, let's just do something different. Yeah. And I, I, I really respect that, but... You know, I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's it's a very uh, lukewarm, a very mediocre movie to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's dude, it's cool if you're at the dive and it's on the background that you like. You see fucking Captain America and he's riding on his fucking motorcycle, yeah. and you're like, yeah, man, give me a shot. You know, it's like that. It, it's it's cool like that. It is what it is, man. I just don't give a shit at the end of the day. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, so I guess that closes that, right? You said no, I said no, they said yes. Look, I think it's a divisive film. I mean, I, I mean you know what I mean? I think it's, I think it's, a, it was a cultural sort of phenomenon that like, you know, this was, this was a different thing and it drew people in and it was symbolic of the time and I think that's really cool, man. But like, I think it's a shit movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really there's, do, like, it's, it, there's some flow shit in it. Like, I don't give a shit when they get to the cemetery. I don't give a shit when they yeah. go to the, uh. That, that that little commune that they yeah. go to, like I don't that community there, I don't give a shit about that. There's a lot of shit I don't give a shit about this movie. You know, there's lots of movies that like, and I and I would say, look, like you had said about Pink Floyd, The Wall, right? Of like mm. you didn't you didn't like that, and it was like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? Like, yeah. what's going on? Like, I see what's, what you're saying. Yeah. And, and and like, but I like that. I think I can I can follow that. I can follow the journey in that. But in this, it's just like it, it just feels meandering and just. Lost, That's a great right? comparison because I I see exactly what you're saying. I think I enjoy this more than Pink Floyd the Wall only because I see the romanticism in the road and mm. the journey and not having any time and just going and doing your thing. Yeah, but after that, mm. I don't care. I don't care, you know. So yeah. So it looks like we're skipping. I, I it's a hard skip <laughs> it's for me, but I'm hard yeah. skip. <laughs> Maybe Alicia Pasquale will dig it. I don't know. But, uh, all right. Um, any other comments? I just thought that was a really interesting mix of films. You have the Western influences. You have a couple of Westerns, a couple of serious dramas, a couple of British action films, a mix of American and British films. So, yeah, and I liked, I really liked a lot, half of these, uh, Midnight Cowboy, Easy Rider, and which in Sundance didn't like the other ones as much. Um, but yeah, this I think you put it together a very interesting marathon with a lot to talk about. So good job. So so next year, do you think we should concentrate on um, a versus? I like the marathon. Um, so you think we should continue with that? Personally, I like. The okay. I I mean the films that you have in mind seem interesting, especially since a couple of them I was not personally aware of, and you also have a mix of again American and foreign films, so yeah. it's more of a more of a more comprehensive tapestry of that year. Um, 
But I could also see he's doing a versus between like two strong war films like Mash and Patton. They're like they're like also opposites. One's a comedy and one's a drama. So yeah. I could probably go either way. Yeah. I mean I could do four movies next year that was Mash, Patton and Kelly's Heroes and yeah. you know, another one, but I think it would be also interesting at a horror movie, and they're like, you know, uh, the bird uh, with the you know, fucking huh? crystal crystal plumage. plumage. I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I've never seen it, right? Huh? Um, the fucking I think it's the red circle. Red circle. Yeah, yeah. I think that could be really yeah. interesting. So maybe maybe we'll do that next year. We'll see what happens. We'll talk and you know come up with the best idea. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nate, anything else? Anything, do you have any other comments for April? I don't have anything comments on April. On like on April's behalf, no, yeah. I don't have any on any. So, um, Matt, do you have any final comments for April? Uh, I hope she feels. Be- I hope she feels better soon. Well, I certainly hope she feels better. Now yes. I feel like a dick. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like you seemed way worse than she did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck! I don't even know what happened, man. So, anyways, guys, um, I hope that you enjoyed tonight's conversation. Um, Nate, where can Video Land find you? Uh, you can find me on the Facebook page, man. Uh, you've <laughs> Yeah, you find me, that's about it. What about you, Matt? What about Pornhub? Pornhub, Pornhub. yeah, got quite a following. Matt, Pornhub, uh, for you? Can, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, uh, WordPress, uh, sometimes, and Goodreads. And, uh, yeah, of course, the AV Facebook group. Yeah, and this motherfucker right here, I don't know if you know this, but he's an author. I didn't know that. He's, yeah. an, he's a celebrated yeah. author. And he's also an editor. He's the main editor right. of AV. Yeah. And uh, I send him all my shit. He fucking fixes all my goofs. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Brad? And he fixes that shit. And he's the man. So I want to give you some props, Matt. Um, Thank you. Um, but uh, you've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people, stay hip and stay groovy. Yeah.